BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Big sales! Happy Halloween to you. Um, you see, Halloween, kind of cool. I'm more of a Thanksgiving, Christmas. I love Easter. My grandmother loved Easter. Halloween's kind of cool. But you know what made Halloween? Halloween's kind of like the Super Bowl. It's always on a really stupid day. How can you have Halloween in the middle of the week? You got to have it on Fridays. You know how you have Thanksgiving on Thursday, right? You, you know, I mean, it's always on a stupid day. And the Super Bowl being on Sunday, I'd rather have the Super Bowl on Saturday so everybody can get hammered, watch the game, wake up, because no one goes to work Monday anyway. Dog goes like this, I like to eat. Yeah, okay. I'm not a candy guy, really. I know, I know, but I'm not. I'm not really a candy guy. I'm not really a sweets guy either. I don't, man. I like seafood and pasta. Absolutely. All right. NFL trading deadline is 4 p.m. Eastern time today. Montez Sweat goes early from the Commanders to Chicago. That's a big name, man. He's a heck of a football player. And Chase Young and the Commanders are getting a lot of conversation on potentially being moved as well. Shit, the Eagles' name has been brought up in that conversation for Montez Sweat. Um, The kid Johnson from Chicago, I've been telling you for over a week, that looks like a guy that potentially the Eagles could target, the cornerback. Remember, some of you in here were going like this. Who? That's the kind of guy how he goes after. So we'll keep abreast of what's going on in the NFL trading news. Um, I think there's going to be big-time surprises today. I do. I I think this is going to become a normal trend now as we get closer to the trading deadline that you're going to see a lot of people with big names move. Years past, this thing here wasn't um, something that nobody made trades. The NFL is not something that you saw a lot of trades. This is something that's brand new. And ever since the collective bargaining agreement has changed, it's given teams more latitude not to have to eat a lot of the cap. And what they do is defer money out now when it comes to dead cap money. So they're able to have more mobility. Um, And when they change the rookie pay structure, you can move off a kid now. You can move off a kid and the money, even though he's a first-round pick, and not get hammered on it any longer. 
So they've made it conducive. And I actually like it. I like it. It keeps teams engaged. And you can also see where teams are going. There's no question. I think Washington has packed it in. Montez Sweat, now you're taking calls for Chase Young. Um, where are you going? It's all about right now, I think, developing the young quarterback. Maybe you pick up a B-level offensive lineman in Washington. I don't know what the Giants will do. The Cowboys, once again, Jerry's saying that he's happy with what he has. Once again, there's a difference between him and Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson was like Howie Roseman. He was never happy with his roster. By the way, Jimmy will be with us at 5.30 Eastern today. We will talk to the former Super Bowl and Pro Football Hall of Famer and NFL on Fox's host, Jimmy Johnson, at 5.30. So Tone will join us at 3.30 for the segment, as he always does. It's Cowboy Week. And also today, we start up again our giveaway and a chance for you to win yourself some great merch and also a chance to win yourself um, a gift certificates. All you have to do is email the show, show at gmail.com. Give us your information, and Tone's going to send a code word out over the next four hours. All you have to do is identify that code word. You email us, and you can end up hearing your name called on a football Monday like all our winners have and give you an opportunity to win yourself some gift certificates with our friends at Hooters. Very, very simple. That's all you have to do is email us and you could be winners just like this week's winners, Michael and Herman. Herman from Delaware, Michael from Pennsylvania. Very, very simple to do. Again, show at gmail.com. You will see that code word throughout the four hours. Just email us and you get yourself a chance. Also, again, like I said, oh, by the way, little birdie told Big Sills, Tone, I'm not sure if any of you guys have been reporting this, but little birdie over at the NovaCare Center kind of gave me a little bit of an insight into Jalen's knee injury, and it's being thrown around that it's a bone bruise. And that it's not an MCL or ACL, which means it's not structural, which means he's dealing with a bone bruise. That is relief in my book. That's 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 why he could tolerate the pain. I think if he had stretched his MCL or ACL out, they'd be more concerned about it. But this is this is something that can get better as the season goes on with treatment. He gets into that bye week in a couple of weeks. That'll be the best thing on the planet for him. Get some treatment that whole week. And a bone bruise is not structural issues. So that's just something that, that's pain tolerance and pain management when you're talking with that, okay? it's it, that's, that's exactly right, Tone. It's more annoying. So is it significant? It's significant because it probably stops him from doing what he wants to do out there when it comes to the run game. But a bone bruise, to me, in my opinion, I think that's great news. Okay? I think that's I, I think that's great news. Okay? But, again, I love that fact that, again, again, bone bruise, again, not a big deal in my opinion. Um and Marina thinks it happened in the Patriot game. 
that's one of those injuries that kind of just hangs around for a little bit, especially if you continually get it banged on a little bit like that. So um, just a little bit of insight. It is Cowboy Week. It is. I, I want to do this one more time. And I'm even going to bring this up with Jimmy at 530. Rome, bone bruise means it happened versus New England, and that shot directly to his left knee. I remember that play, too. Every week, the more it's hit, the worse it feels. Correct. Okay? Very good. Yes. Think Hurts a better passer. That's I'm not sure what that means. Uh, let me let me let me let me go on here. Why do you, here? Why the hatred for the Cowboys? I thought you would hate New York more. I thought you would hate New York more. The Giants. Because that's a longer rivalry. Or Washington. Why the Cowboys? Why, what's the hatred with the Cowboys? Your longer rivals are Washington and New York. You guys have been rivals for decades, fought championships with each other. Is it really Jerry Jones? No, well, wait a minute. You hated the Cowboys in the 80s too, when Vermeil was coaching the Eagles and Landry was the coach of the Cowboys. You hated him then, too. I think Jerry's kind of sprinkled more gasoline on it. You know, I, th I, I, I think they threw more gas on it. Is it the fans? It's the fans. Okay, Jimmy Johnson versus Buddy Ryan raised it to a stratosphere. It was, it was really good, man, the body bag games. The smugness of the Cowboys. Fans, owner, and ugly uniforms. <laughs> North versus South. Hatfields in the McCoys? Is that what this is? Hatfield and the McCoys. Interesting. Because they're always talking shit and never shut up. Well, so do I. <laughs> and so do I. For me, my hatred. I'm gonna, I can't wait to get Tone on later on. For me, my hatred for the Cowboys grew to a pinnacle when they signed T.O. That was, that was a shot in the gut to me. Plus their entire look, cockiness, grinds my gears. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. Holy shit. You guys really hate these guys. Man. Well, you know, I got, I got to take it into perspective, too, because I can't. I will never name that school that's on I-75 in Florida. They got a gator farm there. I won't mention their school. And again, maybe this is why I have a little bit of an ass with Howie Roseman. Because he went to the Crocodile University. Okay? Hey, he went to Crocodile University. Okay? So, I mean, yeah, Howie went to University of Crocodile. So, I mean, I, maybe I feel you. It's the blue-collar kids hating the rich kids. <laughs> they, they don't earn anything but want everything. Oh, okay. It's the fans. Every year is Super Bowl. 
It's five rings. The technology doesn't even exist to watch. And they beat a high school team and brag. <laughs> it is, Chris. It's time to put the wood on these dudes, man. It's time to put the wood on them. Okay? Jimmy Johnson is confirmed 530 Eastern. Fantastic. Simple. Thank you. I can't wait to hear Jimmy talk about the rivalry. Buddy and him were friends. I told you, buddy, it's because you signed with them. <laughs> I actually signed with Landry. You know who got me to the Cowboys? Robustelli got me to the Cowboys because he played with the Giants, and Robustelli and Landry were teammates with the New York Giants. You know, hey, hey, Tone, do you know who the offensive coordinator was in New York when Coach Landry was a player coach and was a defensive coordinator? Do you know who the offensive coordinator was on that team that my uncle played on? Do you know? Do you guys have any idea who the coaching staff of the New York Giants was like in the late 50s? And I think the guy got the job in 60. That's right, Arthur. It was Lombardi. How about that, Tone? Offensive coordinator in New York was Vince Lombardi, and the D coordinator was Tom Landry. <laughs> You're going to win some ball games. <laughs> You're going to win some ball games with those coaches. Vince Lombardi was the OC. So I got I got to I got to Dallas. Jimmy was still at UM then. And they had signed me. I think they signed me in November. I was inactive, but I was on the roster in 88. And then 89, um, that's when Jimmy got the job in February. Okay. Okay. Danny, you're a giant. You're a giant. Why no job in New York? Um, because they had a general manager in the building named Mark Chernoff, who I couldn't stand, and he hated me. And we just never saw eye to eye. That's why I never went to FAN. It's a true story. He was head of programming at CBS, and he and I despised each other to this day. I can't stand the guy. Um, it's I, I'm shocked I even worked with Odyssey. He used to call, get this, so you know he used to call my, when I was even on in San Diego to try to get me fired because he couldn't stand me, and I had only been on two weeks. I couldn't stand him. I hated his guts. You notice the deal with the Vikings just made? They would use, they would use and rather use assets and trade for Josh Dobbs than sign Carson Wentz. His future may be cooked. I was going to bring that up a little bit later on. Think about that for a second. I actually like Josh Dobbs. I think Josh Dobbs is not a bad ball player. And that the kid who played a little bit in Tennessee and he went down to Arizona, beat the Cowboys. I actually like him. I do. Carson Wentz may be toast, though. He, he may be toast. I'm shocked he's not on a ball club. Yeah, and played in Cleveland as well. I like him. I, I do, man. I like him. Okay. You know, I don't really know if this is a topic. But let's throw this out here. Who needs this game more on Sunday? The Eagles or the Cowboys? 
I think there's a conversation for both sides. Who needs this game more? Cowboys or Eagles? By the way, it's the game of the year. Devin says Eagles. Cowgirl, Steve. Eagles. Eagles to shut Sills up. Five Star says Eagles. Who needs this game? Chris says both. Spoken like a true Philly politician. Straddling the fence. Way to go, kid. Eagles, Sills. Couch boys. (laughs) Eagles, for all the reasons you mentioned yesterday. Very good tone. Here's why I say the Eagles. Let me, let me, you know what, Chris? I'm more with you on this one than you think. Let me go with the Eagles. I think the Eagles on their side of the aisle need this game because you know why? The perception of the Philadelphia Eagles is that Jalen Hurts is not playing well. But if you don't watch the games and you're not paying attention to the team and what they're doing, they're trying to evolve this kid on the fly and they're doing it while they're winning by throwing the ball more and They feel so comfortable and confident that they're living and learning to live with the turnovers and they're seven and one. The resiliency of the team and the character of the team is pulling this kid along here as he develops. I'll tell you this. You know, I thought about this last night. I think Jalen Hurts is developing more this year than he's had in his entire time in Philly. Why is that? Because you're asking him to do something. What's the one thing they couldn't get through Marcus Mariota's head or Vince Young's head in Tennessee? You know what that was? You can't go back to your habit of running the ball when you feel pressure. You've got to learn to throw the ball in this league because if you can't throw the ball, you'll never win a Super Bowl. What's the one thing that Hurts is not doing this year that other dual threat quarterbacks do what do they always resort back to when they don't see an open receiver take off running hurts is standing in the pocket and trying to develop and not go back to his comfort zone and running the ball and he's doing this with mental toughness he's going to turn the ball over here you're going to have to learn to live with it so am i so am i You're going to have to learn to live with these turnovers now. Josh Allen's going to throw 37 touchdowns this year and have 15 picks. And you guys will turn around and go, he had a bad year. Your guy's going to throw 15 picks too with 600 attempts. And if they could beat the Cowboys at their own game throwing the ball, shit. The Cowboys will come out of that game going, we are so far behind the Philadelphia Eagles and player development, it is mind-numbing. It is mind-numbing. This is a chance to show your player development versus Jerry's player development and all the moves that they make and why you're better and why you've been dominating since 2000. All those things. And why I say that's important, because you're division rivals. Jerry Jones is not chasing the 49ers 
He's chasing Philly. He's not chasing Lombardi. Shit, dude. You can't even get out of the opening round of the playoffs. You can't even get out of the opening round of the playoffs. You got to chase Philly down first. Off topic, but whoever made the play call to Julio in the end zone is smart as hell. He put up a big number, but now teams have one more person to give attention to. I don't think anyone's going to be frightened of Julio Jones in the open field, but I do think they'd be a little nervous of him in the red zone. Is it me, Sills? It seems you're becoming an Eagle fan, or do you just hate the Cowboys and also have you ever considered acting? <laughs> Bear, I love you guys and the fans that support the Eagles, and I love how the Eagles are run. I'm not really a fan of a team, dude, but I love when people are doing the right. Like, look at the Giants. I grew up around the Giants. That thing's a shit show. The New York Giants are a shit show. They're, they're, they're 10 years behind Philly right now. They'll never catch the Eagles. They'll, unless there's massive injuries, they will never catch Philly. They're a decade behind you guys. For standings, Dallas, for respect, Eagles, all year everyone has wanted so badly to say the next hot team is every team other than the Eagles. That's, that's a true statement. You know, nobody wants to say the Eagles are the best team in the NFL. Okay. 11 goes, come on, man. It's early. Really? I don't think it's ever too early to make a statement. Whether it's week one or week 17 against a division opponent, I don't think it's ever too early. I don't, I don't think it's ever too early to kick someone's ass. Let me tell you, though, why I think Dallas, you know, Tom, I'm going to disagree with you. I think Dallas needs this. Let me tell you why Dallas needs this. Dallas needs this game Sunday as a franchise. As a franchise. I'm bringing this all up with Jimmy at 530. They need this game as a franchise. You got to win something. You can't just keep telling people you're good, you're good, and never show up. And when you show up, you show up small. I can't think the last time the Dallas Cowboys won a significant ball game that mattered. They win all these stupid shitty games. Working on it, John, we'll know more as we get closer to 4 p.m. Eastern. They need this game as a franchise. Respect. Belief. Do you really believe the Dallas Cowboys are going into that game on Sunday night believing they can beat Philly? Do you really believe they think they can? Or do you think the Dallas Cowboys are going into that game going, we have to play the perfect ball game to beat them? Philly doesn't have to play the perfect ball game. They're proving that now. Philly doesn't have to play a perfect game to beat you. Dallas does. Or you'll get run out of the building. Let me say this to you. If they decide to run the ball against Dallas and run it down their throat 35 times, they'll run them out of Lincoln Financial. Because they'll go over to the top with AJ. 
They'll beat that team 38-7 because they'll quit. There's a quit factor in Dallas now. They've put their hand up twice after ass beatings. When's the last time the Eagles put their hand up and surrendered? Shit, you, you know, since 2017, the Eagles are the only team I've ever seen to make the New England Patriots and Tom Brady wave the white flag because you were killing them. That's a staple. That's a staple. Look at all the big wins you've had. Okay, not all of them have led to Super Bowls, but Dallas has nothing in the last 25 years to show me where they've done anything that's remotely close to what Philly's done. They need to beat you guys for respectability. They need to beat the Eagles for people to really look at them as a true contender. Because right now, I think the Cowboys are a pretender. I think the Lions are more of a contender. The Lions are figuring it out. They're figuring it out. Okay? The Lions are figuring... You know, you know what they remind me of? The Cowboys' first Super Bowl. They don't really know how good they are. Philly does. They know how good they are. And what, and, what, and what fans aren't getting right now, including me, actually, is that what, hey, what they're trying to do right now in Philly with their offense, they're trying to catch up with the rest of the league and not run one of those 1990s offense that they've been running for the last 23 years in Philadelphia. Run the ball, tight end play, you know, decent wide receivers. Well, that's changed. This is the best group of wide receivers the Philadelphia Eagles have ever had. And they're utilizing them. Philly never utilized wide receivers before in their past. It was tight end, Brian Westbrook, run the ball, red zone, play defense, go beat teams. That's 1994. What they're doing now is they're trying to climb into the Bills, the Bengals, the Chiefs, the Chargers, the, the Jags, on teams that throw the ball all around the yard. Okay. Uh, and, and, and remember what I said the best group of wideouts, not a wideout. Best group of wideouts with a tight end and a pass catching back. It's the best skilled set team the Eagles have ever had in their history. In their history, am I wrong? Is this not the best offensive skill set people that you have had in the history of the program? From the tight end to the two wideouts, you now have a pass catching. And I'm saying as a group, is this not the greatest offensive group of pass catchers that the Eagles have had on the field at one time? Think about that. How many years has the Philadelphia Eagles been around? This is the last two years is the best you've ever seen with a group of people. Not just a T.O., Irvin Fryer, Harold Carmichael. You've got six dudes that are pro bowlers as skilled guys. I personally don't think there's a team in the league that has and could compare to it. The Eagles have never been this talented 
If this group doesn't deliver a Super Bowl, it will be a huge failure. How about this? I don't know about failure. It would be a huge disappointment. Because winning a Super Bowl, in my opinion, you got to have all 53 components working at one time in the right time. And you have to have the right coaching. Okay? You have to have the right coaching. The right coaching. Injuries. Not significant. At skilled and premium positions. You know, I'll tell you something. Howie Roseman is going to go down potentially as one of the best salary cap GMs ever. I don't know about one of the best GMs ever, but he'll he'll go down as one of the best salary cap GMs of all time. Because you know why? Outside of the four-win season and a couple skips with injuries, all happens. And by the way, there's no question that R.C. Slocum thing that he went on that Caravan, he went on to Europe after he got put in a broom closet. He's a different dude, man. He now looks at teams differently. I can't wait to talk to Jimmy because I think Jimmy Johnson's the greatest talent evaluator in NFL history next to Chuck Noll. And it was Jimmy that making all the moves. Isn't it crazy when you see this? Yeah, R.C. Buford, the guy from the uh, Spurs. Look at what that guy did. R.C. Buford and... Think about this. R.C. Buford and Bill Belichick, those, those programs were kind of identical. Not a lot of flash, not a lot of anything, just a ton of winning. And look at what they did. They were really like the first team, the Spurs, to look at foreign players. Tony Parker, Mano Ginobili, when other teams weren't really doing that. They were talent evaluating and scout evaluating and getting a personal idea of what fit their style of play. I think you can apply R.C. Buford or Howie Roseman to any sport. This is about identifying talent, whether you're a singer, basketball player, or football player. I'll be at Hooters. Nothing better. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. I think the Cowboys need this game more than the Eagles, man. You got you to gotta get some respectability back. You don't get respectability going in, playing close games, and losing. You got to win this ball game, dog. Cowboys have to win. The Eagles, I, you know what? Listen, I want the Eagles to choke them out, and I think they can. But see, get this. If the Cowboys lose, they're going to fall to pieces. Do you know that the Eagles can wreck their season Sunday? Eagles lose that game. They're not, their season's not wrecked. They don't get emotionally. Can I tell you this? Here's the difference between Jerry Jones and his Cowboys and Jeffrey Laurie and his Eagles. The Eagle players don't get emotionally vested in peaks and valleys on games. Jets game lost. All right, let's move on. Didn't play great commanders. Okay. Yeah, we killed the Dolphins. All right. Dude, they're always looking at the next game. They're really not looking at what they did two days ago. Look at what the Cowboys are doing. They made a whole week of excuses why they got killed by the Niners. They didn't stop talking until Friday. And that's why they limped around in that Charger game. The Eagles can wreck their season. You know why? They're not emotionally balanced. 
because the owner's not. He, his emotions get the best of him. Jimmy never loved this play. You know what? I was one of his favorite players. That never mattered. That never mattered. I was mad as hell at him when he cut me. And I got her. You know, he gave me every opportunity to stay on the team. I didn't want to go through the injury route. That was on me. My mistake. I didn't talk to him for 10 years. Honest to God, he called my radio show in Tampa. This is a true story. Hey, you know who this is? He called me from his freaking boat in the Keys. Tony, craziest thing. I was on. He heard me talking because WDAE was what a huge single. Uh single and 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 you could hear it all over the southeastern part of the country and he called me up he goes hey it's jimmy and i'm like oh. and he goes hey i'm sorry right there in the air and i went i'm too coach i didn't mean to do that he goes you know you're my favorite player one of my favorite players of all time and i was like this i know he goes i gave you a chance to be on the team you didn't want to take it so we gave you 75 grand and pushed you out the door. And I was like, I know. Shit, Butch Davis, I told you guys the other day, Butch Davis, I walked into a grocery store with my girlfriend then and now my wife. He looked right at me and read me the riot act. Why didn't you do what they asked you to do? You could be on the Cowboys right now having Super Bowl rings. Instead, you're stupid, arrogant, pig-headed ways of doing shit. Cost you a chance to be on the Dallas Cowboys. This is a... Right in the middle of a grocery store, he's reading me the riot. My girlfriend looked at me and goes, Jesus. I go, yeah. And these guys are my best friends to this day. It's a true story. True story, man. Could have had three rings. Said I was too arrogant and too pig-headed. We say this to you also. So Jerry Jones says that he's not going to move anything. He's pretty happy with what he has. Jimmy in five years made 57 trades because he was never satisfied with his roster. And they won three Super Bowls. How could Jerry Jones, who hasn't done anything in the postseason, be happy with what he has when you know he can't win against dominant teams like San Francisco? I don't care. Get You want to hear something? San Francisco can be 10 and 7 and run the Cowboys over and kill them in the playoffs. I think Seattle now got better by getting a kid from the Giants. I don't think they can beat Seattle. I'm not sure that the Cowboys can beat the Lions. I'm just I I I do not believe they could beat the Lions now. Shit, if Coach Johnson was in today's NFL with all the free agency, he'd be making a move every day. Every day. Every day. He's the guy that made the trade for Haley. He's the guy that drafted Emmett. He's the guy that turned an offensive line from Vagabonds into one of the greatest O-lines of all time. And he won Super Bowls with the youngest roster in the NFL. Look what Howie's doing in a salary cap era. He's quick to he's quick to move off his draft mistakes. You know, you, again, what he, what what is making him so good 
he covers his mistakes with veteran. You know what he, you know what he'll do? Jalen Rager sucked. How does he cover it? AJ Brown. Derek Barnett never really panned out as a guy of first round edge rusher. What'd he do? Got Hassan Reddick. He never really drafted a cornerback that was worth the shit. What'd he do? He went out and signed two corners. He went for the sure thing instead of the unsure thing. That's knowing your weakness. Hey, man, it's hit or miss on these corners. I think it's hit or miss on corners, just like it is on quarterbacks. I think it's hit or miss. Look at how many corners the Raiders have drafted and how many have bombed. What was that kid from Ohio State that they drafted in Detroit that was supposed to be like some sort of world beater? He stinks. He stinks. Not that easy, man, and those skilled position guys. Wide receivers, too, man. Chase Young to the Niners, is that true? Holy madon. Chase Young to the 49ers. Can someone tell me if that's a real deal? Chase Young to the 49ers. <laughs> I'd like to know what they gave up because that is a spectacular move. San Francisco is not effing around, man. Is that really Chase Young to the San Francisco 49ers? Wow. So that means you get to see him again. Third rounder. So now you have Boza, Gregory, Chase Young, Armstead, and you have Javon Hardgrave. Number two overall pick, Commander's defensive end, Chase Young, is being traded to the San Francisco 49ers. Likely a mid-round pick in 2024. Are we saying a fourth? Or like a third? Wow. 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 Steve Wilkes. Well, has Steve, you, the issues for the Niners right now are not defensively. The issue with the Niners is offensively and not having Trent Williams and Debo out there. That's a big move. John Lynch. That's, I think so too, Scott. Mid-rounder, you know, seven rounds, probably a third. Could be a contingent. Could be a contingent. Um, I don't think Brock Purdy's played awful. I think he's had a couple bad games, a couple bad – not games, a couple bad throws. I think he's had probably seven, eight bad throws. They've been playing against excellent teams too, man. I wouldn't say Minnesota's an excellent team, but I would think that the, the Browns' defense is the best in the league. Um, Cincinnati – has been to two AFC championship games in back-to-back -back years with Joe Burrow. I don't think that's a poor team either. They could easily get back to the AFC title game. It's not like they're taking on shitty teams. They're not taking on shitty teams. 49ers get Chase Young. Commanders get a third-round pick. Okay? Wow. Third-round pick for Chase Young. 
So now, look at what you have in that defense. You've got Hufanga, Fred Warner, Nick Boza, Randy Gregory, Javon Hardgrave, Chase Young. I mean, you've got superstars at every level. You got superstars at every level. They got better. They got better. PJ Walker shitty. So is Zach Wilson. Gotta pay him. JM says you gotta pay him. Do you really? Don't you think John Lynch rolls in on him and says this? Well, you know, you know, you're coming off catastrophic knee injuries the last couple of years. You're not getting top-end dollar. Nobody's paying him top-end dollar. If he comes in and turns himself into Hassan Reddick, he may. So I'll tell you what, Jam, maybe he is playing for a contract here with somebody around the NFL. If he could do a Hassan Reddick, maybe he does get a big contract. Okay, maybe, maybe, maybe you know, he, he comes in. Maybe he gets you a couple sacks and he's an impact guy. That's a big deal. I think that's a great, a third rounder though. Mm. Wow. Third rounder on a one-year deal. You gave a three up for him. Wow, you feel you're right here. The Niners are going for it. Peter, five and three doesn't matter. So what? You're 22 and what is it? 23 and what? Two? You don't want you haven't won a Super Bowl. What's the difference? What's the difference, Peter? You you guys still to this day, this is not college football. This is a week-to-week proposition. Seven and one doesn't mean you're winning the Super Bowl. It doesn't mean that in February you'll have the best team. 24 and two. The only thing that people can put behind that is fire. You can't put a trophy because it's not true. Whether you're five and three or 24 and two, it's irrelevant. Now, home field advantage, that shit matters. I totally understand. But at the end of the day here, so what? You have to validate all of your hard work by winning a championship. You can't be a guy who fights 17 or 18 tomato cans in a heavyweight career. And when you get in against a guy who is a knockout artist, he knocks you out and everybody, it, it, it doesn't validate your record. If you keep losing Super Bowls, let's just say you keep losing Super Bowls. Does that 24 and two record become a hollow record? It sure does. Commanders sick the the birds good working with the opposition. Um, sending Chase Young to San Francisco so that it helps the 49ers. Still NFC, man. The commanders are gonna have to face the 49ers down the road, too. By the way, I'm not telling you that 24 and 2 is not good. It is, it's outstanding. It's it's outstanding. Seven and one. I, I I think once again, you don't. Many of you don't understand the NFL. It's a week to week league. 
And sometimes if you're five and three or you're seven and one, two weeks from now, that could be completely irrelevant. Look at how the tide has changed on San Fran. It could change on you easily. It changes on everybody. Look at, you know, one of the hottest teams in the league were the Vikings. They were coming on four and four after a one and three start, I think it was, or one and three, whatever they started out. And now their season's in ruin. Dobbs is going to help, but not, well, I don't know, maybe the NFC, because the NFC's got nothing in it. Okay? <laughs> hey, that's why I tell you, birds, the Cowboys, the, the Cowboys have not had the success that the Eagles have had. But at the end of the day, both teams won Super Bowl for the Eagles in 30 years. This year's the 30th year, Jeffrey Lurie. Okay, I guess. I thought you'd expect more. But you'll hang your hat on 24 and 2. Okay? 30 and 11, not bad for a cheerleader. Dude, 30 and 11, you think Nick Sirianni is some sort of great coach? Let me show you something. I'm going to move on to my NFL because today we do our top 10 NFL teams. I'm going to show you something here. Do you guys know who this is? Three division titles. And actually, this year, he's trying to win his fourth division title in seven years of head coaching. He has a conference championship. He owns a Super Bowl. And he's 5-3 and three in the postseason. Do you know who that is? Do you know who that is? He's going to win his fourth division title in seven years. He's got a conference championship. He's got a Super Bowl championship. He's five and three in the postseason. So in seven years, four division titles, a conference championship, an NFL title. That's Doug Peterson. That's a coach. That's a coach. I don't give a shit what his record is. He wins division titles, conference titles, and Super Bowls. And he does it at multiple places. That's a coach. But you look at 20, 30, and 11 and tell me what a great coach. He's got one. He's got just as many division titles as Peterson does in Jacksonville. Come on, man. The record in Indiana, how many five? How about this one, too? Tom, think about this. Dick Vermeil just went into the Hall of Fame, right, as an NFL head coach. Let me see something here. Dick Vermeil just went in, right? What's Dick Vermeil's winning percentage as a head coach in the NFL? See what his winning percentage is. This guy has won 52% of his games, and he just was elected to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. 120 and 109. 
Not a very good record, really. Not that much above 500, right? Just a couple games above 500, right? 11 games above 500. Think about that. He went to the Pro Football Hall of Fame for the job he did at places to turn reclamation projects around. He's only 11 games above 500. You think Dick Vermeil's a shitty coach too? Your boy's got a 700 win percentage. You think actually that he's better than Dick Vermeil? Say it with me. You think that Doug Peterson's a better coach than Dick Vermeil? Really? 11 wins over 500. Give me a break. How many Super Bowls did he win? One. Got just as many Super Bowls as Doug. Again, the point is, coaching is going to matter in this race. This year, coaching mattered in the Super Bowl. You lost that game. You made all the excuses you wanted for the field and all the other shit. There was some to it with that guy, Gannon. But coaching costs you. So all of these intangibles, you see, that's the one thing you still don't have that you're confident on. What's this? And I agree. And I, hey, and I agree with a lot of you. I think Jalen's getting better. I think the defense is going to figure it out. Will the coaching staff figure it out? All that has to play into winning a Super Bowl. All of that. Is the GM going to get in the way? Like the Nicobe Dean thing is so asinine. Where does a general manager have any right or say in who plays? It's preposterous. Nicobe Dean should not be on the field. And if he is, he should be in another role, like a will. A Sam, something they can't target. If Dak Prescott sees that guy at will on Sunday, it, it, he'll have 15 tackles, but unfortunately, he'll be chasing. With the Seahawks trading for Leonard Williams and the Niners trading for Chase Young, what does it? Why does it feel like teams are loading up? To knock off the Eagles. And just, no, no, he, and you're just being paranoid. No. You got to rush the passer. You got to stop the run. But here's something that Philadelphia is doing right now. Thank you, On Demand. Shanahan is overrated, in my opinion. He folds. Hey, Ryan, you think having three different quarterbacks last year win you 13 ball games is overrated? I don't know. Nick is 30 and 11. And dude brings up Doug. Hey, dude, 13 and 11 doesn't mean shit to me. I saw a guy win 13 games three years in a row, Matt LaFleur, and his ass is on the line already. Man, you guys are dumb. Winning the Coach of the Year award for Brian Dable, how's that working out this year for him? Being a coach in the NFL, it doesn't matter what your record is, you will be fired. Ask Andy Reid. It doesn't matter. Organizations today go with the numbers 
front offices and handpicked their coaching staffs and handpicked their head coaches. This is not like the good old days where coaches bring their what, – what coach? Andy was probably the last guy in Philly to hire his entire staff. Doug Peterson told us at the Super Bowl he had to introduce himself to 90% of the coaching staff, which means he didn't have anything to do with the hires. <laughs> but th- I don't think that's a Philly thing. I think that's a league-wide thing. More front offices are more in control because of all these analytics. Dude, Ron Rivera is – hey, would we not agree, Tone? Ron Rivera is a different coach today than he was four or five years ago because he clearly goes on analytics of what the guys are telling him in his ear. That guy does not gamble like he used to. Okay? He just does not. Shanahan tried blocking Reddick with a backup tight end. Okay, mistake. Okay? What coach do you think that um, Nick Sirianni hired? Who did he hire? Who say was the coordinators? You think he hired Sean Desai? No. I don't believe anybody. Arthur, how could he have hired all of them when he didn't know any of them? Out of his own mouth. Super Bowl week, out of his own mouth, he said it. Come on, man. All right. I want to do my 10 best NFL teams. Then we'll do our top 10 NFL quarterbacks. SportsGrid asked me to do this for them. And my boy Pharrell has been really kind for me. And he posts this for me. Here are my top 10 NFL teams. At 10, one of the most gifted quarterbacks in the league. I think their football team is good. I don't like the wobbling. I got the Buffalo Bills at 10. Number nine, with that move that the Seahawks made by... Trading for Leonard Williams. And one of the issues that the Seahawks had last year was defensively. Wasn't really offensively. I don't really think so much, Tone, it's about Seattle stopping Philadelphia as more so stopping San Francisco. Because Seattle now is closing the gap. Remember this. Seattle's not trying to beat Philly. Seattle's trying to beat San Francisco. You've got to draft and you've got to make trades for your division first before you start looking outside your division. What's the point if you can't beat the 49ers? If you're concentrating on the NFC East, who you might not play. You might not play them for the next five years after this year. 
Why would I be building to beat them when I've got to beat San Francisco if I'm Seattle and vice versa? You've got to beat them. You've got to always concentrate on your division first. But see what, and and I can see where Tone sees this because San Francisco is built a lot like Philly. And you kind of get a cover here with that because if you could beat San Francisco, you can beat Philly because they're built a lot alike. Okay. They're, they're built a lot alike. Power teams, run the ball, um, really good dynamic receivers. I, I do not believe at all that you have the skill on defense that San Francisco has. You don't have one linebacker in the team that's anywhere near the two backers they have, let alone Warner. I believe that their secondary, your corners are not playing very well. And I'll, and I'll, and I'll give the pass to Slay because he's banged up, but Bradbury's having an off year. And this was kind of like the year he had with the Giants' his final season when the Giants decided to let him walk on the street because he looks like that year now. He, he's not playing very well. Your safeties are still trying to figure it out. Your defensive tackles are as good, if not better, than San Francisco's. Your edge rusher, I think, is having a better year than Nick Bosom. I, I, I'm not sure Bosom's playing great football. I think the holdout... I don't know. I don't see his name popping up a lot like I do when I see the finisher in San Francisco. However, now with the additions of Gregory and now with Chase Young, you add massive depth to your edge rushers. Whereas outside of Josh Sweat and Hassan Reddick, you have nothing else. I would say Howie might want to look for an edge rusher here. Summer, maybe the kid Hunter. Up in uh, Minnesota, maybe that kid Hunter, Daniel Hunter, they've been trying to move him. Would they make a move for Brian Burns and turn Brandon Graham into a backup? I'd be totally in favor of that. But that's going to cost you a ton of selections, and I don't believe he's going to do that. Brian Burns is out there because Carolina needs picks. Okay? They need picks to move up into the draft because of what they did to get Bryce Young. I think it's just too pricey. I do too, Maurice. I think they should blitz more Philly to help them safeties and to help the corners out a little more. Okay? Jordan Hicks, these are all good names. I think you need another edge rusher. Brandon Graham is not delivering for you, but that's okay. He's not playing horrible. He's just not delivering. And Derek Barnett isn't giving you anything either, really. They're just dudes right now. The only two guys on your edge right now that are giving you any kind of pressure are Sweat and Reddick. And Reddick's coming on. Not bad, but you have no depth there. You have zero depth. And really, zero talent behind these guys. Sweat is incredibly gifted. You know I've been saying that for two years. Okay? Been saying that for years. Last two years, he is absolutely great. 
Okay? All right? Like I said, LJ, your edge rushers, Brandon Graham and Sweat, are your only guys, and you're getting nothing from Brandon Graham. Zero. Sweat's good. You have no depth. Derek Barnett's terrible. Take it back. He's a dude. San Francisco now has depth with Young and Gregory. They've added depth. That's how you win Super Bowls. That's how you guys won the 17th Super Bowl, by adding guys like Chris Young, Chris Long. Nolan Smith is still in the process of developing. It's not Chase Young or Randy Gregory. You're, look, you're not getting the same. Okay, moving on. Eight. I got the Dallas Cowboys here. I'm going to put the Cowboys at eight because I do think they have a decent secondary. There's there's two edge rushers. I think they're weak in the middle. I think their old line is good. Tony Pollard's not bad. Here, we'll look at the Cowboys here in a minute. Dak's not having a awful year. Um... Number seven, I got the Lions. I think the Lions are still trying to figure out who the heck they are. I got the San Francisco 49ers at six. Got to end the streak, man. Who they got on the agenda this week? Oh, they're in, they're in a bye, right? San Francisco's in a bye, right? I got the Niners at six. Big Seals top 10 NFL teams. Number five. I got the Dolphins here. Uh, By the way, last week, Jalen Ramsey played his first game. Of course, he gets a pick. That will help them getting Ramsey back in that secondary. Imagine that you've been out all this time and you get on a football field and your very first game, you have an impactful game and you make a pick six. No, it was I don't know if it was a pick six, but it was a pick against New England. Jalen Ramsey is a good football player. Didn't have the best year, his final year in Los Angeles, but he's a good football player. I got the Chiefs four. I think the Chiefs are very beatable. I just don't really think they have a lot of talent. You know, you know, you know what the word is? They're, I mean, they're they're kind of kicking the tires on Devontae Adams, but the Raiders don't want to do it. You imagine Devontae Adams going to Kansas City and playing seven years there with Patrick Mahomes. Dude, I, I would not want to see Devontae Adams in Kansas City if I was the league. <laughs> Devontae Adams and Mahomes. I mean. I'd rather have Devontae Adams than Tyree Kill. I think he's a more physically imposing wideout. I'm not a fan of that wideout, that kind of wideout, those Deshaun Jackson guys. I don't think you're very physical guys, especially in what I want to do. I want my guys knocking people out in a run game. 
I want people getting in the way. I want people being part of the play. I don't want people just talking about numbers because I don't really care about what that guy thinks. I like physical. And get this. A.J. Brown is having a, a, a tremendous year. But do you know why? I, I don't like A.J. Brown because he's putting up these gigantic numbers. I like the way he drags people like he's dragging dead bodies in a lake. Don't you? Isn't that the more impressive thing when you watch him play? How he drags people like he's dragging dead bodies? When I watch, when I, when I watch AJ play, AJ, AJ makes me go like this. Man, if you're a DB, do you really want to hit that guy? Do you really want to hit that guy? Okay? And, and, and I'm not going to address a lot of people on this list here, but I will say this. Isn't it crazy? Each week the league has a different impression of who is the top teams in the NFL. Okay? It's an inconsistent league. Seth Joyner says it every day. Seth Joyner says it on our postgame show, doesn't he, Tone? It's an imperfect league. That's why you get inconsistency every year and every week. Says it every day. And there is a legendary Philadelphia Eagle who says what I say every day. And yet there's people who don't get it. Those are people who don't listen to Seth and me, but think they know that the league is not perfect. But you know better. Because you eat cheeseburgers and you sit in your dad's basement with your guinea tea on, shaving your one eyebrow. It's all good, guy. I'm with you. I'm a fan of you, man. Go get it, guy. Number three. I have the Ravens here. I think the Ravens are going to make a move. Number, okay. So here we go. Big Seals top 10 NFL teams. 10, Bills. 9, Hawks, Seahawks. 8, Cowboys. 7, Lions. 6, 49ers. Great move by them getting Chase Young just a couple minutes ago. 5, Dolphins. 4, Chiefs. 3, Ravens. Who do you think Big Sills has number two? Who do I have number two? Nope. I have the Jags. And the number one team in the NFL is the Philadelphia Eagles. Today, don't get your panties all excited, okay? Today, so Bills 10, Seahawks 9, Cowboys 8, Lions 7, 49ers 6, Dolphins five, and this is what a shitty defense the Eagles played against the Commanders. 
Dolphins five, Chiefs four, Ravens three, Jags two, Eagles one. You have to give credit to seven and one. It'd be lunacy. I mean, the Jags are playing good football, really good. Um, the Ravens, they've wobbled a bit, but they're playing good ball. The Chiefs, what a stinker. How could you name the Chiefs the number one team in the NFL when they just laid an egg against that Denver Broncos team, which is almost ready to wave the white flag? I mean, honestly, the Dolphins, I'm not really believers yet. I got to see them beat a team that matters. The 49ers, got to end that losing streak, dog. Okay, <laughs> you you you. You got to win. You're not doing what the Eagles do. You may not play well, but you got to win them games that you don't play well in. Okay? The Lions, I think they're still figuring it out. Seahawks are making moves. They want to they be in the party. I got the Bills at 10. You got to slowly move your way up there, guys. You got to move your way up. We're going to look at the Cowboys and my top 10 NFL quarterbacks. Plus, Tone will be with us at 3.30 for the segment. And Jimmy Johnson from the NFL on Fox will be with us at 5.30. The Hall of Fame coach will join us, and we'll get his thoughts. And what I love about him being on at 5.30, it's after the trading deadline. Plus, it's Cowboys in Eagle Week. Jags in a five-game snap, but where are the Bengals when the 49ers drop three straight and the Bengals are rolling? The Bengals are four and three, okay? The Bengals are four and three. Just because, hey, I look at the overall body of work too, man. Not just one week like you guys do. It doesn't work like that. You look at the eight games. If Super Bowl was today, Sills, taking Philly, correct? I'm going to write that down. Super Bowl today. I like that. All right, guys, do me a favor. Hey, our great friends at Hooters, we are so proud to have them as the official sponsor of the National Football Show. Our good friends have been friends with us for 40 years. It's the 40th anniversary of, you know, Hooters and all the way from Rhode Island down through Jersey, all the way down through King of Prussia. You have to understand that I've been associated with them for all these decades, and it's one of the best places that friends can go to and experience what I call football and Hooters. What a better combination when it comes to the fall when you want to see your favorite football team. It's the official home of all Eagle fans. If you don't want to go into the place, use the app, Hooters2Go.com. That's Hooters2Go.com. You can also do this. Buy 10 wings, get 10 boneless free. Wing Wednesdays is a 40-year tradition, 1983. All-you-can-eat. Kids eat for free on Saturdays. What an absolutely great experience. NortheastHooters.com. That's NortheastHooters.com. When you go into any one of the Hooters, from Rhode Island through New Jersey down to King of Prussia, do me a favor. Tell them Big Sill sent you.
and Hooters, the perfect pair. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Eagles and Jags in the Super Bowl. (laughs) Eagles and Jags in the Super Bowl. Wow. (laughs) Someone asked me, Sills, are you taking the Eagles in the Super Bowl? Eagles versus Jags. In the Super Bowl. Jags won't get past the first round. They did last year. They got beat. Hey, they got beat by the, uh, what was to be the Super Bowl champions, just like you. They lost to the Chiefs in the playoffs, just like you did. So, I mean... Oh, you oh, that's right. You made it to one more game but lost to the same team. Right? Doug Peterson versus the the brain thrust of the Nick Sirianni coaching staff. Holy cow, would that be the price of admission? Holy cow. Oh my god. 
Holy cow, I totally would be. I, who would I be going for? Probably going for Doug. Because Doug would go to the Hall of Fame if he took the Jags to the Super Bowl and won it. Two different franchises? How many guys have ever done that? Has anyone ever won multiple Super Bowls at different places? Let me think. Has anyone ever done that? The Shanahan? No. Shula? No, he lost Super Bowl three with the Colts. Um, I don't think anyone's ever done that. Andy lost in Philly. Damn. No, Shula's the closest. Shula Parcells are the closest, along with Holmgren. Dungy never went to a Super Bowl in Tampa. Tony Dungy played in a Super Bowl. Okay? Shula lost Super Bowl three to Namath and then won the back-to-back Super Bowls with the Dolphins. And... Yeah. Where's Howie? Howie's working it right now. Parcells had, yeah, Parcells got beat by the Packers when he was in um, New England. And they got to the Super Bowl and they got beat by the Packers. That was a Reggie White Packer team, too. Bruce Arians, what Super Bowl did he, uh, oh, Bruce Arians, did he not coach that um, Arizona team? I don't believe anyone's ever done. Imagine losing two Super Bowls to our ex-coaches. Oh, no, man. Holy, oh, I'd be going for Doug in that. Doug Peterson um, to for Doug, because I know Doug. Vermeil didn't win two Super Bowls with two different places. He went to two different places. He went with two different places. That was Wisenhunt. You're right on. Okay. No. Now, he's got Super Bowl rings as OC in Pittsburgh. Ooh. Woo! Dougie P! Could you see Eagle fans? There's Doug Peterson, the guy you fired, and if he beats you, oh, my God. It would be like Brady winning the Super Bowl. That's That would be the great story that week. Wouldn't it? If Doug beats the Eagles in the Super Bowl, it would be like Brady going to Tampa and winning the Super Bowl and going, hey, Philly, you'd have won back-to-back Super Bowls with me. <laughs> oh, 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 that's going to hurt a little bit. <laughs> um, even if Doug wins one and you're not in it, and he wins one down there because I think he's going to win one down there. He's too good a coach, man. He's a great coach. Doug Peterson is a great coach. So you're right. If the Super Bowl was played today, I think it'd be Eagles and Jaguars. Yeah, Eagles and Jags. Look at Dirty D. I'd be pissed and happy for Doug all in the same time. Dirty D. Spoken like a true filler. Hey, right. Am I right? This is how you would do it. 
you would be in a world of mourning, but as you came out of it, you'd be like, well, if I had to lose to somebody, it's going to, at least I lost to him. Like, did you not say that with Andy Reid in February? Did you, did Eagle, Eagle fans, did you not at least do this? Well, shit, it's better losing to Andy than anybody else. So if I have to, I'm okay. Right? I, I would feel that way. Guy loved coaching Philadelphia. He has great ties to Philadelphia. He loves the owner. There's no animosity between Andy Reid and the Philadelphia Eagles. He's got great respect for the entire world. Hell, there's guys still on the team that he was responsible. How about Andy Reid? So am I right when I say this, Andy Reid? Did he draft both Kelsey brothers? Is, is that right, Tone? He drafted both Kelsey brothers? Could, am, am I right with that? I'm, I mean, just help me out on um, on the history there. Did he draft both them guys? Was he was he in the building when Jason Kelsey got drafted in Philly and Travis Kelsey got drafted uh, in Kansas City? That's pretty remarkable because both guys are going to the Hall of Fame. That's pretty remarkable. That's pretty pretty remarkable. If that shook out like that. Okay. Yeah, no, that's great, man. Get this. So both guys would probably, don't you think, who would give Jason, who's going to give Jason Kelsey's Hall of Fame speech? Or who's going to induct him? Will it be Andy Reid? Or Doug Peterson? Or Jeff Stoutland? Or Howie, his brother, his mom, Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah. who, 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 who's the betting person? Howard Mudd? Yeah, hey, you know the story with him. They were looking at him. Howie didn't, wasn't even sure he was really that good. Howard Mudd goes like this. This guy's going to be a superstar. It was an undersized guy coming in. Nobody, and all of a sudden, he just kept looking up. He's like, this guy's good. Now he's great. Now he's legendary. Now he's going to go into the Hall of Fame as one of the very few centers in pro football history. You, you know, going into the Hall of Fame as a center is like going into baseball's Hall of Fame as a catcher. There's not many of them. There's not many centers in pro football's Hall of Fame. It's because it's one of the absolute toughest positions to play because you're the quarterback and you've got to be a very, when you have a great center, you've got a great O-line. That is a state. Mike Webster back in the day when he was on that Steeler O-line. Do you know Mike Webster's the only guy from that Steeler dynasty that's in the pro football hall of fame from that O-line? He's the only guy. The quarterback's in, the running back's in, two wide receivers are in. Somebody blocked for him. <laughs> was it just Mike Webster? Yeah, he was a good center in Kansas. Kansas City has a good one right now. What's up, Alexander? Howard Mudd. I can't wait to, hey, we're coming up on it now, right? Wonder what happened. Because now the deals will start trickling out here. Am I right? I know Tone's looking at that wire right now, man. Keep hitting refresh. 
because you may see something. I think you're going to see some big names popping up here. Um, I, I really do. All right. So we did our top 10 NFL teams. We're going to do our top 10 quarterbacks here in a minute, but I may do that after tone here. I may do that after tone. Real quick, what you saw with Jared Goff last night, are you now starting to do this like me? Did the Rams make a mistake and give up too soon on Jared Goff? Wouldn't they have won a Super Bowl with him also? Did Sean McVay give up too soon on him? Look at all the draft picks that they've used on that Stafford deal to rebuild that team. So he had already gone to a Super Bowl. They lost like 14-3 or some shit. He's com- he what hey would we not agree he's doing a better job in Detroit than Matthew Stafford did his entire time and he had Megatron Hey 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 Tone do me a favor and see if Philadelphia um remember remember when you guys were saying who's Jalen Johnson and I kept telling you um, that uh, this is a guy that you should go after. Did they just land him? Did they just land Jalen Johnson? Okay, they're in the running. They're in the running. Okay. Three teams. I don't, I, I can't find out the three teams yet. It's a bidding war for Jalen. The Eagles are among top two contenders making a serious push to acquire cornerback Jalen Johnson before the 4 p.m. per Schultz report. Yep. Yep. Seattle, too. Seattle. Hey, Tone, why don't you jump on? I would think also edge rusher. If I were, I'd make a push for potentially um, Daniel Hunter. Don't jump on. Big sales. Things are starting to get a little tricky out in the NFL world. Who's Jalen Johnson? Now all of a sudden, everyone. <laughs> I want him. Things are getting tricky, man. This, this is this is an exciting time right now. I mean, this is why the NFL is the greatest show on earth. 
there's nothing that can top what the NFL provides, the fans that provides to, uh, you know, sports pundits. The NFL just gives you so much to bite into all year round. They dominate the news cycle. The NBA wish they could do something like this. The MLB wish they can be something like this. The MLS, the NHL, they wish they could even scratch a fraction of what the what the NFL has done to the you know to fans, to people. We they have us waiting. They have us waiting at three at, at four p.m. in the afternoon on a Tuesday for guys to be moved. This is this is box office, baby. This is what it's all about. Do you know that there's a World Series game tonight and no one and cares. no one gives a damn. <laughs> no one cares. Yeah, no one. I mean. The NBA should just go on pause when, 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 when shit like this is going on because this is freaking absolute classic stuff going on here, man. All right, let me let me let me let me throw some stuff at you that I threw out in the first hour here. Um, okay, who needs this game more on Sunday? Huh? I'm going to say Philadelphia, right? And the reason I say this is because now, matter of fact, let me frame it like this: I think both teams need this matchup. But I think they need it for different reasons. And the Philadelphia Eagles, on their side of things, they need this matchup because they have an opportunity to go up eight and one in the conference. You go up eight and one, and you drop and you drop the Cowboys to five and three. You now have at least a two game cushion between the Dallas Cowboys and yourself. On top of that, now you own the tiebreaker because you beat them. The uh, San Francisco 49ers, they are already five and three, right? So you already have a leg up on them, right? At this point, there are about four teams who are kind of deadlocked around that five and two, five and three. And the Philadelphia Eagles are the lone guys at seven and one. The Philadelphia Eagles have have to get this win, especially going into the bye. You don't want to go into this bye with that loss on your on your resume. And then on top of that, you have to come out of that and try to face the Chiefs. Then you got 49ers, all that kind of stuff. You want to go in with as much confidence and with as, with as much momentum as you possibly can have. Again, it's all about getting that number one seed. We at this our perfect example last year. Who was in the Super Bowl? The two teams that had the number one seed. You got to get it. The number one seed is almost it, it almost guarantees you. I mean, sure, you have to play the games, right? But it you don't win the Super Bowl in seventeen if you don't have home field. I listen. I know that for a fact. I know that for. I don't see Nick Foles going on the road beating Atlanta. I don't see that. You know what I mean? I don't see Nick Foles going on the road beating Minnesota. I, I don't see that happening. Everything has to run through Lincoln Financial. So for the Philadelphia Eagles, that's why it's so important for them to win it. Obviously, for bragging rights, obviously it's a rival. We you know we get all that. You know that's for that's for the fans and stuff and pride and whatnot. But as far as their overall hopes for the division and the conference, they have to create as much distance just in case they drop one of those games over that stretch when you face the Chiefs, 49ers, Bills, Seahawks. You got to create some space. Man, I think the Cowboys need that game as a franchise. Not just as a team, they they they've got they've got to win a game that puts them in contention. You can't talk about being in contention. Look at the, how the Eagles handled the Dolphins win, and look at how they handled the Commanders win. Both hard fought, both different reactions, both the both different results and how you went about your business. But yep. they just moved on to the next. I mean, the Cowboys ended up getting killed by the 49ers. They spent an entire week making excuses why they got their asses drug up and down the street. And they were still, and that's why they limped out of that charger game. And that's why they always look in their rear view mirror. When your best part of your life's in your rear view mirror, you're, you're not looking at the future. And I think that's what Philadelphia does. I want to get your take on Chase Young going to the 49ers. Oh man, that's a really big move for them. Look, Chase Young has 
has has first round talent. You know, when it comes to him, it's never been a debate about what he's capable of doing. We've seen what he's been able to do to uh, Jordan Milata. We've seen him wreak havoc whenever he's healthy. But that's the thing, when he's healthy. As a matter of fact, I want to make sure I got my numbers right here. But Chase Young, I mean, he missed what maybe the past two seasons, if I'm not mistaken. It's like he's just been he's been battling with the ACL or the yep. knee or whatever. So. Yep. Over the past, okay. His first year, he was the uh, he was a defensive rookie of the year. Right. So, um, his his rookie year in twenty twenty, he played fifteen games. So he missed one, but he played fifteen games in twenty twenty one. Only played nine games. Uh, in twenty twenty two, only played three games. And in twenty twenty three, so far he's played seven games. So, um, so far so good for him this season. But over the but over over the past in twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two, he only played a total of twelve games. So. He doesn't really have the best track record over the past few years. This is a big opportunity for him uh, with San Francisco because he doesn't have to come in and be the guy. You know what I mean? He doesn't have to come in and be the savior. Or uh, I'm pretty sure his snap count is probably going to go down in San Fran because they have so much depth on the defensive line and amongst those linebackers. So um, that's a real good situation for him in terms of his health, um, you know, uh, the, the longevity of his career. Um, you, you you pair him with Nick Bosa and those guys, and you got Ken, and you got uh, Greenlaw and, and Reg, Reggie Gregory coming over from Denver yeah, now. Uh, they got Gregory. I forgot about him. They have Gregory. Um, you still got Fred. You, you got Fred Warner. You know they they are that, that Niners defense is really stacked on all three levels with depth uh, too. W- with depth, so um, so you have to give respect to the Niners for making that move. Also, you got you got a first round talent for a third round pick. Yeah, but like, like let's be honest. Um, the the commanders they they is if I, I don't want to say the Eagles broke them because I think this was coming anyway. But for you to invest a number one overall pick, let me make sure I got that right. He was drafted. He was drafted number first round. Okay, first round, second overall. Second overall, number second two overall. out of Ohio State. Right. The commanders could have drafted Justin Herbert. They could have drafted Tua, and they chose Chase Young in that draft. So I know they're looking at themselves like, damn, we got a third round pick for a guy we spent a first round pick on. It is what it is. Um, they didn't pick up the option. They clearly he was didn't. special though his rookie year. He was. He was. No, he he was. He was. He was. Um, his rookie year. What would he do? He had Nine seven and, and a half. And, I think uh, he had seven and a half sacks. Okay. Uh, uh, forty four total tackles, ten tackles for loss, twelve quarterback hits. He 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 was a legit issue. He was a Pro Bowler as well. Um, but again, like this move just told me that they had no faith in his health in the long term. Yep. So maybe they know something that we don't. Well, what they want to do is they're not going to pay $20 million for a guy who hasn't had double-digit sacks in his career. That's kind of like what Jadavian Clowney fought his entire career. Exactly. He runs around trying to ask for $20 million or $18 million, and someone would go like this, shit, the guy in Philadelphia makes $15 million a deal a year, and he's going to go have four, four years in a row with double-digit sacks, and you've never had one. Hey, did Rasul Douglas get traded to the Bills? Oh, that's a good question. Let me find out. Russell so Douglas, you know, uh, the Eagles drafted him as well. Yeah. So it says here, let me uh, get, let me see if I got some news on this. He just never okay. fit in Jim Schwartz's system. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he just didn't fit. Okay, so the Bills are the Bills are trading for Packers cornerback Russell Douglas per uh, Ian Rappaport. So that's a good pickup for them. Um, it is. The, uh, the Packers actually paid him. Um, I, I'm actually proud of Russell Douglas, man. A guy who wasn't really drafted very high. Um, wasn't really in the system. That Can really I tell you what happened with him success? in Philly? I'm going to tell you what happened with him in Philly. Jim Schwartz runs a very structured defense, mm-hmm. and you don't get the latitude to freelance, so to speak. And he's kind of like Diggs in Dallas. Diggs can't play in a structured defense. 
Diggs is more of a guy who's kind of a he's a gambler like Ramsey. Mm -hmm. And when you're asked and told to play inside of a sandbox a certain way, you're never going to get that real great athleticism. They let him become a player up up in Green Bay like that. And I think that's what helped his game get better is because they allowed him and they had players on that defense that they invested around him. And he did. He signed a really nice contract up there, I think, two years ago. Okay, so I just got an update. Um, apparently, uh, the Bears and this is yeah, they're going to keep them. Is is looking is looking like they're not going to make the move. And can next I tell minutes. you why? They probably they probably wanted a one or a two, and in season right now, I probably think no one wanted to give up. They probably would be willing to give up a three, but the Bears probably just would say this: I'd rather go into the off season and try to deal him. Later on, or they do can't. something, the, 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 or sign the, him. This is the, they're gonna they're gonna. It's either you sign him or you lose him for nothing. Yeah, see, I think you sign him. We're gonna. We're definitely gonna. Because to me, when you you're right, you don't let a guy who's 24 years old uh, just go like this. So you're gonna keep him. So you're keeping him to sign him, and no one came to the table with a significant offer. Howie was gonna try to get him but not at the expense of the future of the team. Like his eyes, he probably looked at it like this. I really want the kid, but I'm not giving a two up for him. Right. Right. I mean, my thing is after Darius Slay and James Bradbury, who do you have back there that you fully trust unequivocally to really take over in the following season? Oh, agreed. So I think their mindset was this kid, Jalen Johnson, he's on the up and up. You know, his first couple years, first few years in the league, he was still figuring it out. He finally figured it out in his fourth year. And um, if you brought if the Eagles were able to bring him in, you potentially could have a corner that can, you know, that can solidify that position, at least for the next three to four years. You know, maybe you give him a three year, four year extension, something like that. Um, and it makes sense. Uh, again, we still have some time left, man. We have about 20 minutes, uh, about 21 minutes before, before this thing really locks down. So. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to see, man. We're going to see. But <clears throat> what what positions do you think right now he's looking at? See, let me throw mine out. I, I, I would say corner corner help. I would not be shocked if there was some sort of small linebacker deal. Mm. Um, edge rusher, maybe some depth in the old line, something like that. Yeah, that sounds that actually sounds about what I was thinking too. I was thinking, you know, uh, nickel corner or you know, corner um, linebacker. I think they're perfectly fine at safety right now. Um, maybe some old line depth, but you know, Tyler Steen came in and did a really good job against the Commanders. Uh, you're going to get Cam Jurgens back. Uh, you still have Sewell Pettis, so they're good. They're good on a guard, on, at the guard spot in terms of depth. Um, maybe, maybe some, maybe some edge depth. You know what I mean? Uh, so far, Derek Barnett and Brandon Graham haven't really, you know. You know what? In you know what, Tone? I hate I hate talking like that about Brandon Graham, and I don't mean any disrespect because he's a guy you don't disrespect. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, is that you know, outside of Josh Sweat, you're not deep there, and you're not getting anything really out of that. And plus, they're limiting him his, his snaps. Even he's almost sharing him. That one's. That one side, the only way you're getting any kind of pressure on your edges is with Reddick and with Sweat, mm -hmm. and you really don't have any depth anywhere in that conversation there. You're getting a much of your pressure from the tackles inside, and that was one of the reasons that 
there was only one sack against the commanders on Sundays because your edge rushers are not giving you any kind of pressure. And when you don't have Carter in there and the banged up Jordan Davis, you know, you look pedestrian in that D line a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like you said, Hassan Reddick, Josh Sweat, after that, uh, you know, when I see Derek Barnett on the field, it just seems like he's not getting any push. Uh, Brandon he Graham. seems like a guy. Yeah, uh, Brandon Graham, it just seems like he's just a step slower. Just a step slower. And, you know, he had an amazing season last year. Sure and you're did. right. And, and, you know, you're right. Brandon Graham is that kind of guy where it's like, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's good. It's good to have him. Um, but curb, but curb your expectations in terms of what you're going to get. You know what Remember I mean? We he, said that if you got six and a half sacks out of him, that would be a spectacular year. If I got five sacks out of him, yeah, yeah I would, right. You know, okay, like, yeah. I was not expecting double digit sacks this year right. coming off that because it's been very few and far between that he's had double digit sacks in his entire career anyway. I think what twice. Um, I think he's had let me double check that. I think he had it for the first time, um, this past season. Double digit sex because he's always flirted around eight, okay. nine, seven. He's always flirted around there. So for his career, that's solid too, man. Um, yeah, the first time he had double digit sex was last year in 2022. He had 11. Um, the closest he came to that was in 2017, where he had nine and a half. That was the Super Bowl year. So his so outside of 2022, his best year from a from a sack perspective was the Super Bowl year. That was when he was in his prime. Um, you know, I'm looking at I'm looking at his career right now. He only has half. He only has a half a sack through eight games now. I will, I will I will say this though. Uh last year, if I'm not mistaken, I believe he came on in the second half of the season. He did. I, I just want to make sure, yeah, I, 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 make think sure he I got came that right. On when they got those two tackles. Let me see something. So all right. Pass rush. So yeah, in the second part of that season. Yeah, he came alive. Yeah, he came alive in the second half of that season because through the first through the first eight weeks of the season, he only had three sacks. Right through the first eight weeks, and then after that, eight. Oh, I'm sorry, I take that back. I take that back. I'm sorry. Through the first, through the first eight weeks of the season, he had three sacks. Through the first eight weeks, he had three sacks, and then after, and, and then from week nine and on, he had eight. Yeah, eight. I'm sorry. Yes, eight. My apologies. Yep, he had eight. So he came on in that second half of the season. So there's still some light in that tunnel there. You maybe, get what I maybe mean? Maybe they got him on a pitch count. I think that's what it is because last year, I, matter of fact, I, I'll put it in perspective. As far as the snap count goes right now, he's only so far in 2023, he's only he's only had 146 defensive snaps. That's 20, that's 29% of the defensive snaps. He, he's, he's on a pitch count right now. He's on he's, a pitch he, count. Now, last you're, you're, year, you're, that's a guy that Rashad Petty conversation about keeping him in storage is ridiculous. When you're struggling with red zone offense, I mean, yeah, dude, last, no last year, Brandon Graham. Well, I'm going to save Adrian Peterson for the second half of the season. I'm not going to play him in the first eight games. I'm not doing that. I mean, Rashad yeah. Penny is nothing. He's not on the field because of two things, Tone. He can't block and can't stay healthy. He now, definitely can't block. That's, that's a fact. He just can't block. That's why the kid Carson started over him in Seattle. And that's why they went and got that kid from Michigan State. Because yeah. the kid was a better blocker than him. Yeah, to put it in perspective, the kid Walker. in 2022, B, uh, just going back to BG for a second, in 2022, BG was on the field for 43% of the defensive snaps. So that's clearly down um, this year. Um, but again, like we, you know, like we mentioned, I think, 
I think he's going to come along in the second half of the season. Like you, as of right now, only twenty on twenty nine percent of the snaps, he's barely on the field. So um, they're they're really keeping Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat out there. You know, for the second leg, I think they're going to start dialing them back and start unleashing Brandon Graham a little bit more. We'll see how it turns out, though. But um, yeah, man, uh, the Eagles. This trade deadline is really fascinating, man, because you look at this defense and you see you see that there are some deficiencies, right? Because it's like from a distance, you look at the defense and you say, okay, you have Kevin Byard at safety. You have Darius Slay and James Bradbury at corner. You got Jalen Carter, Fletcher Cox, Jordan Davis, Hassan Reddick, Josh Swing, your D-line. You would think from a distance, that's a really, really good defense, right? But then when you get a little closer, you, know, you look at the linebacker position. You see the deficiencies there. You 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 notice the lack of lack of reliable depth at corner. You know you you, you see okay Darius Slay and Bradbury there. You know they're a little old. They're a little long in the tooth. And scheme. And then the scheme. You're doesn't playing help. so far off. You that know what doesn't I mean? so, help either when you're not pl- get this. So what you just pointed out last year, those guys were playing well in a not so real a not so popular scheme with all. Yeah, it's the pretty. The scheme is pretty ball. similar. But they covered it up with good play, and also the, the pass rush was the pass rush was historic. That's last right. Year. So that's another thing as well. And in that Washington game in particular, the Eagles only got one sack, and it was a crucial sack, you know, a strip sack. But if that pass rush isn't getting home, or at least forcing the quarterback uh, to hold the ball a little longer, or whatever it may be, if they're forcing. If the pass rush isn't as effective as they as they need it to be, it exposes those DBs that much more. But I don't want to put too much. I don't want to slight Kevin Byer too much because he came in on short notice, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I'm not really I'm not looking at him just yet. I can't believe he played as many downs as he did. Exactly. Exactly. So I I looked at it. Believe me, you know, you know me, Tone. I'm not a guy who looks at a glass half full on anything. Mm-hmm. When someone goes like this, well, he wasn't real. I go, are you crazy? Do you know what it's like to pick up French when you've been speaking Portuguese your entire career? I mean, you were at one place. It's exactly like that, Tom. Mm-hmm. One scheme is completely different than another scheme. It's like learning another language. And, and you've got to learn new technology, new terminologies, new alignments. You've got to learn on what your players are able to do also. And for him to go out there and play all those plays like he did, that shows you the professionalism of what he's only going to get better. Yep, and then okay? on t- yep, and then on top, on, then on top of that, uh, your safety room looked entirely different. You know, from week seven to week eight. You know, in week seven you had Terrell Edmonds and Sidney Brown back there. Then you swap them out, and then you throw in Reed Blankenship, who came out for injury. Then Kevin Byer. You know that there's some communication hiccups that have to. The commanders caught them at the perfect at the perfect time in terms of that that DB room ironing out the wrinkles. I think, you know, and maybe this is me being optimistic, right? I think these DBs, once they get deeper into this season, because they need they need some they need some continuity right there. They can't keep shuffling in different guys in the nickel. That's what they keep doing. They had eight different players play the nickel this season and through eight weeks. They've had five different total DB combinations through eight weeks. It's hard, especially when their defense is based off of communication. You know, with you know, with that Sean Desai, Jonathan Gannon, and Vic Fangio style of defense, what they're doing is they're passing guys off to the next guy. So communication is paramount in that kind of scheme. They're not really playing that much man. You know what I'm saying? It's not like the guy, you know, Sean Desai's not saying, okay, there's your guy, stick with that guy. He's saying, okay, you're covering this area. 
if this guy goes beyond this area, pass him off and make sure to, and make sure you pick up the other guy coming from the opposite way. That's what went wrong in the Super Bowl, right? The scheme put them in a situation where they had to make so many. Andy Reid figured it out. He sent them and he 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 sent a lot of crossing, crossing routes, routes. And, and especially and in the, the second half and put the pressure on them to communicate at a high level. Yep, and they and they did it all year. Yep, and they and they failed in that particular situation. So again, this 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 game is similar. They had to communicate at a high level to make sure they're passing guys off. And when you're constantly shuffling, shuffling different guys in there and the voices are changing, it, it, it's hard for a scheme like that to work effectively. And it's going to be – you're going to get guys turned around. I'm going to say this to you. Um, they got to get healthy. They need this bye week. Hear this, but they need this bye week. Sidney Brown is not ready yet. Yeah, he's, um, yeah, he, yeah um, he, he plays fast. He's physical, but from a from, – from He over-pursues. He over-pursues, and he, he, he's just not ready yet. That's not saying he's a bad player, Eagles fan. He's just not ready yet. Right. He's just not ready yet. And that's okay. He's so aggressive that you – I'd rather have an aggressive safety right. than a guy that I have to beat the shit out of to make aggressive. Absolutely. I want to pull him – he over-pursues. His pursuit angles are a little fast. And what I mean by that is – He, com- he commits too early. safety slow play those guys. They know when to use their talent. They know when to use their speed, and they know when to knock people out. Brian Dawkins was an amazing player at doing that, and so was Reed. Go watch those guys, how they played the game. It wasn't everything at high speed. He's playing everything. and he Again, he just over-pursues, and I'll tell you something else. He's got to be a better tackler. Like yeah. He's got to wrap up better. So – this is why they went and got the kid from Tennessee because the kid's still a green apple on the tree. It's okay. He's going to – I like him. No shade. I like him, but he's just not ready yet, and you're not going to rely on a guy like that in a football game to win you a Super Bowl yet. It's just not there, I don't think, yet. And that's why they made the move for a guy like Kevin Byard, uh, an experienced veteran who doesn't blink, a guy who holds the team accountable right after that game. Um, you know, they were, you know, they was talking, they was talking to Kevin Byard after that, you know, after that game against the commanders. And he sounded like he'd been there for, you know, for eight weeks, the, the way, the way he was addressing the team, the way he was addressing the media, the way he was holding himself, the team accountable, you know, it was a, to- it was almost like, cause you know, when you first get to a team, right, you know, you're humble, you know, you're, you're a nice guy, all that kind of stuff. After that game, you're catching him right out of battle. You're catching him, right. You, you're catching him right out of, right out of the fire. You know, that cookie sheet's still hot. So <laughs> he's literally still in game mode and he's talking about things that didn't do well, the things they need to improve on. He's again, he's talking about, he's talking about, you know, we didn't play up to our standard. We're better than this. We know we're better than this. And we're going to get it right because you know why all the mistakes, all the mistakes we had are correctable. We won the game, but still we have a lot to correct. He's already staking his claim to be one of the leaders on this defense. I think they need to follow suit with this guy. And I think they will be fine. I think he's going to have, especially Reed Blankenship. He's going to make sure guys are in their spots. Again, he came in on short notice. I really think in the long run, because we talked about this um, in the offseason, um, Big Sills, this defense is going to be this, you know, to use a Nick Sirianni analogy, it's a flower. <laughs> it's a flower, right? And it's, and it's blossoming petal by petal. You know what I mean? You got to water it. You got to fertilize it, okay? So I think this defense is literally going to continue to evolve as the season goes. <laughs> <laughs> but they need consistency. Yeah. As far, as far as personnel goes, they got to get healthy. Absolutely. Um, isn't it funny that everything we said in the offseason about this defense, 
is coming to light here. We said that Slay, and I didn't think Bradbury would struggle as much, but I'll tell you something. The inability of the safety position to keep it hunkered down has affected this corner play. And, and, and Tone, I'm telling you, the scheme, their belief is this. They don't think there's enough good quarterbacks in the NFL to go on a 14-play drive and not make a mistake inside that 14-play drive. And they just – look, like I said, they their philosophy was exactly what Sam Howell did late in the game. Somewhere in the game, Howell's going to make a mistake, and he did. And so they would rather play 10 yards off the ball and hope you make a mistake. That's their the defensive philosophy. That's yeah. why a lot of people in Philly don't like it is because when a guy like Sam Howe could play pitch and catch with you and have an 80% completion percentage on you, and you see all these quarterbacks that have all these incredible numbers against you, um, Slay, remember I said this? This is Slay's last year. Try to get the bag of money. Yeah, I, I, I said that, right? I said that. You took a three and a half million dollar pay uh, haircut, right? And you're like this. We haven't really seen that guy. Now, to your giving the grades out, what uh, happened on Sunday, he's nicked up and he wasn't really the issue. It was more Bradbury, believe it or not, on the other side, that mm-hmm. was the guy. And I do think that safety position, I do have to ask you something, though. And I asked everybody else in here. What is your absolute hatred with the Cowboys, dude? <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, how has uh, this been? Is this just like a childhood thing when you're born in Philly? See, I would have thought that your rivalry would have been New York because it's closer. There are true division. There are more historical. Rivals. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why do you hate the Cowboys? Sills, so, you know. So, like you said, you would think that the Giants would be the bane of our existence, right? And the Giants are, I repeat, the Giants are our real rivals. Yes. And, and, and you know, and the Redskins. Historical rival. Right. Historical. And, you know, the, the Cowboys and uh, the Commanders slash Redskins, you know, Washington, that's their historical true rival, right? You know, the Giants haven't been relevant in so long you tend to forget about a team like that. But when you think about the Cowboys, and also Giants fans are more humble than what you may think. They're more humble. They got their two Super Bowls with Eli Manning. They don't talk that much. They don't talk that much, if I'm being honest. They're way more humble. They're way more chill about things. I think Commanders fans talk more than Giants fans. I think the Giants – Because I think New York fans are Yankee fans. I don't think they're New York Giant fans. And and that's where – that, that might be the rub right there, right? So when it comes to the – Cowboys, when you look at them, you see this, you see this, you, they're like action figures. You know, they, they, they think they're real, but they're not. They think they're the real thing, but they're not. You know what I'm saying? I do. And I can't put my faith or even give an organization like that my respect. The colors make me vomit. Everything See, about deep seated. Every, this is deep seated tone. Every everything. This is this is almost clinical. Like the like the way they move, the way they talk out there, the way they do business, the way they just think that they run the NFL. That they the way they think they run the NFC East is mind blowing to me. And it's like I look at you guys as a team who thinks they are, but they never will. 
And you have this organization that always sets this bar. This is the year, especially the fan base. This is our year. This is the year. This is the year. I put that beautiful star on the helmet. You know, you know, you know, you know, you know what that you know what that star means, right? It's not it's not a logo, it's a rating. It's a one star rating. That's what it is. You know what I mean? And I've been to and I've been to one star rated places, and uh typically, typically they don't last too long. And that's pretty akin to who the cowboys are, right? They they make you think that they're legit, they make you think that they're that they're ready to win it all. They make you think that that's the gag right there, big Sills. That's the gag. They make you think they're legit until it gets down to the nitty gritty and it's time to make that play. It's time to see whose heart is beating harder than the others. It's time to see who, who got the will to push the sled. Who, who really has it when it matters most? When, it, when, it, when it's all said and done, who has it? It's never them. They've lost two years in a row to a team in the San Francisco 49ers. They claim to have a number. Make that three years in a row if you count this year. They cannot mess with the 49ers in the playoffs. Yeah, I know Dak Prescott. He has an 8-3 record against the Philadelphia Eagles. He can have that. Like you always say, take the battle, all right? But when it comes to the war, that's where, that, that's where we're not breathing the same air. No, your you're not. You're not. <clears throat> your, your culture is non-existent. You're so caught up in the glitz and the glam man. you know, the, the pom-poms, the cheerleaders. You, you, you think you're so shit, Chris, but you're not. Chris is right. Chris is right. Yankee fans are not giant fans. Yankee fans are cowboy fans. Yeah. You know what's so crazy? You know what's the most annoying thing, right? When you go on someone's Twitter bio and you see Yankees, Cowboys, Lakers. Yeah. That is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) And and I'm surprised Notre Dame's not in that. (laughs) Exactly, right? And then, then, honestly, it it breaks my heart when I see people from Philadelphia who are Cowboys fans. I I never – you know what? If I ever saw – I don't believe in that shit either. Because what do you think this is, Ellis Island? Like like, like – like no one migrates to Philadelphia, so 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 I want to know where where did this come from? How are you a Cowboys fan in Philadelphia? Make it make sense. You in Philadelphia, the land of the land of the Philly cheese sticks, the water ice, and the soft pretzels. Make it make sense. Land, of I don't Rocky. get it, Sills. I don't either, man. Okay, I got another one here for you. Dak Prescott versus Jalen Hurts. Okay, now. That eight and three record that I always tease people with, let me let me tell you why that could be a little misleading. Prescott is averaging 33 attempts, 22 completions, 68% completion percentage. 251, he's thrown for 2757 in yards, 19 touchdowns, eight interceptions with a 98-9 quarterback rating, and as we said, an eight and three record. Um, here's Jalen. Jalen's two and two versus the Cowboys. He's 104. And by the way, that first year, he had like two passes. Right. So it's not, this is where it's misleading. 104, 62 completion, 59, six. He's averaging 208, five touchdowns, four picks, 85, one, two and two record. Now, let's look at that, for instance, and go, do you, Dan, do you really think that that's Jalen Hurts? 59.6, averaging 208 versus the Cowboys. Absolutely not. You know who Dak is. This is like pre-Jalen where he is today. 
those statistics for Hertz have nothing to do with how he'll play Sunday. All the games that he has played so far against the Cowboys are almost irrelevant. Wouldn't right. you say this, Tone? In the last four Cowboy games, he is a completely different player from that four Cowboy games ago to where yeah, he is yeah, right now. Yeah, we got blown out in very well. Yeah, but that was Dak has not changed who he is. Agreed. Agreed. You know, this, this, is, this is definitely a different Jalen Hurts, right? And we're seeing him evolve quite literally in front of our very eyes. You know, he's the offense in and of itself is trying to become more pass oriented. You know, I, I don't even want to say pass heavy. I want to say pass oriented because I think I think you brought it up earlier. They're trying to get with the times, sort of. Yeah. Speak. And they're trying to speed up to the NFL rules. Yeah. And in Philadelphia, we're so used to this physical brand of smash mouth, ugly, muddy football. Right. The run the rock, the tight ends, you know, uh, the play action game, and um, you know, don't you know, dumping it off to the running back in the screen play. Like we're so used to a different brand of football. So seeing the Eagles play a game like they did against the Washington Commanders is kind of foreign to us, especially when you see the running game not really get off. Even though you look at the personnel and you say, "Damn, like you have the personnel to really dominate the run game," and it turns out to me, like at least from my estimation, when they truly commit to the run game, they can run on anybody. I think the way I think the reason the run game has looked so stagnated this past few few games, outside of personnel issues on the offensive line, I think it's because they really truly haven't committed over the past few weeks. Because running the ball is a mindset, and I think it's that bone bruise on Hurts' uh, uh, knee. Also, what do you make of that? It's not MCL. Yeah, ACL, I'm not, It's a bone bruise. Yeah, I'm not even going to, um, you know. At like that's like the biggest the biggest thing in the world. It's I mean, not. granted, you know, he, he's dealing with it, but the, the reality is, like you said, it's not a strain. It's not a tear. It's not a... Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the the fun stops there. The king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Not a sprain or anything. You know, it's, it's, uncomfortable. It's, 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 just, it's just annoying. It's uncomfortable. It's, it's, one of those things, it's one of those things you wake up like, ah, uh, need to put some ice on that. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's, that's it's, exactly what it is. Yeah, it's nothing that's going on. You played the game before. I'm sure you've had a bone bruise. Like it's, 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 it's not even – it's not something that you think – that you, it's not something you're going to hinge your season on, right? No. But but it's also given us an opportunity to see what Jalen Hurts looks like in the pocket strictly. In that commander's game, he operated from the pocket from the pocket for the most part. You know, um, I was I, I was really impressed with what that looked like. And he and he didn't even throw the ball as he threw the ball what 39 times or 38 yep. times. I again I don't want Jalen Hurts throwing it over 40 times. I don't, that's not really still to me. I don't think that's his. I think any quarterback throwing Wait a the ball second. over if 40 times. If he's throwing at 70, percent he's at 70, percent yeah. and he's throwing the ball at 70 percent tone. And you know, I mean, 
Again, you know, maybe I maybe, maybe I got to get used to it, right? And you're throwing the ball 45 times. You know, you're going to have to learn to live with 15 picks. Right, right. And again, that goes back to me having to shift my mindset, right? You know, I know as Eagles fans, it's fun to get on the Cowboys, especially more so Dak Prescott, because if Dak Prescott wasn't a Cowboy, I would, I would be, I would like Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott, honestly, if he wasn't a Cowboy, but he's a price of Cowboy, so he gets to smoke too. But my point is, though, um, Dak Prescott threw 15 interceptions last year, right? And we spoke about this yesterday. The only reason we really talk about those 15 interceptions with Dak Prescott is because he threw them in 12 games, not 17 games. Because at the end of the day, Matthew Stafford, he led the league in, he led the league in interceptions. And what did he do? He won the Super Bowl. So interceptions aren't necessarily a full-blown indicator of how good someone is sometimes. Because you've right? got to read through it. If you throw the ball 70, if you throw the ball 700 times, you, you've got 16 picks. That's not the worst. <laughs> that's, that's not the worst. Think about it. Jalen threw, Jalen threw six picks a year ago with 435. You had another 300 attempts. You're going to mm-hmm. double that and then some. Absolutely. Just the law of, right of averages. Hey, are exactly. you disappointed and that's the thing. so far the Eagles haven't made a deal? Um, it's no, still time not... because a lot of this shit has to go through the league office, so things will things could still trickle out here. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to say disappointed. I think I'm not disappointed because I think we made our big move early. And that was the Kevin Byard move. So I, I know I know it's easily to I know it's easy to overlook that move, but that move was made prior to the trade deadline. You know, it was pretty damn close still. I mean, it's within a week of the trade deadline. So um I still have to appreciate that move that was done because that's a huge move. He still he still remedied a major need with an all pro pro bowler level talent. That's that's not that's not easy to do. I don't he care if did you did that. it today or five days ago. You got exactly. a player. So, it really doesn't matter. Exactly. So he he technically made a move prior to the trade deadline. So I give him credit where credit is due. I, I, if anything, I think that was the big move. Of course, of course, as Eagles fans, again, it's it's entertaining, right? So we, seeing how we make a move, we think it's automatically going to work. You know what I mean? Because he, he has he has a pretty solid track record over the past few years. But overall, um, when you think about that Kevin Byron move, and most teams really, they're only making one major move. The San Francisco 40, the 49ers, their move was Chase Young. You know what I'm saying? That was their move. Um, the uh, the Seahawks, their move was uh, Leonard Williams. Uh, Leonard Williams, that was Leonard their Williams. move. Excuse me. Right, right. And and and, and I, I think they signed Randy Gregory off waivers or something like that. No, no, I'm the sorry. That 49ers was the, did. I'm sorry, 49ers did that. Um, so, overall, most teams only make that one move, especially Super Bowl teams. You don't really make too many moves. You don't want to have too many moving parts. Uh, you might make a move or two. I think the Eagles made their major move. Anything else would kind of would have been a plus. I think they made the right move with getting the kid from Tennessee too last week, and this is why: the closer you get to the deadline, the more you're that held price, hostage on your that, pick. That price and goes you up. have to put those picks out there because you're desperate to get a hole filled, and they're going to take advantage of you like that. So, to me, Howie probably really did a good negotiating job. Said, "Let me get you know." He probably wanted to make his big moves last week. And yep. this was these these moves here coming up to the trading deadline were going to be more moves that were going to be fulfilling of depth. I mean, the Chase Young, see, the, what, what gets me, I mean, doesn't that tell you something about adding Chase Young and Randy Gregory? You must not be pretty happy with what's going on with Nick Bosa this year. And you just paid him all that you money. You just gave him $30 million. As a matter of fact, let's see what Nick Bosa is doing right now from a staff I think he's got three sacks. 
Let's find out. Because uh, Nick Bosa on this season, he has – Now he held out. He has three sacks, 22 tackles, six tackles for loss. How many, how many games? And, uh, and 19 quarterback hits. He's played in eight games. So um, that's not really the pace he normally goes at. So – and then also, that when you think about that Niners defense – They've been struggling over the past few weeks, and I know a lot of people are kind of trying to blame or blaming um, Steve Wilkes, but in some of those games, his defense has created opportunities for the offense, and they haven't really been taking advantage of them. I feel I feel like it's too easy to blame Steve Wilkes. I mean, I know they gave up thirty one points to the to the Bengals, but the Bengals had to fight for those thirty one points still. Yeah, um, and it's just that the Niners just didn't respond enough. So, you know, I, I mean, I talked about the, I talked about this in the offseason. Not many people paid any attention. I felt like they were going to miss D'Amico Ryans just because of a mentality and from a, from a philosophy perspective. And I'm just not taking anything away from Steve Wilkes, but I just felt like they're missing him right now um, because you got to change, you got to again change philosophy, change change their approach. And then we we talk about this all the time. Players tend to take on the identity of their coaches and and their scheme and their scheme. So I don't know. And I, most of the time, the scheme is the coach. Exactly. And again, I, I feel like Steve Wilkes has been. Decent. I don't think he's been. I don't have a problem with him at all. I, yeah. I think it's the offense and it's Purdy not being able to over overcome deficiencies on the offense. And I get it. You lose Trent Williams, it'd be like Jalen losing Lane, and mm-hmm. and the numbers dictate that. Or a, Lane and AJ at the same time, the Eagle offense would be completely different. Um, but here's the one and. Jalen's turning the ball over more because they're throwing it more. I think you would have the same result that Purdy's having because now if you were running last year's offense, I don't think the turnovers would be high. And I, you got to remember something also tone that people refuse to bring up about Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders in the red zone last year was exceptional. He had 11 touchdowns. He, he you know, it wasn't that he didn't get in the end zone. He had 11 touchdowns last year. And you gave that ball to him. I mean, this guy had 1,300 yards rushing. It was fourth in the history of the franchise and 11 touchdowns. That is missed. Okay? That is missed right now when it comes to your red zone rushing attack and your short yardage. Your short – dude, the one thing about Swift that I don't get, dude, they take him out on short yardage and they take him out on in red zone. I don't like that because – He just is not – Looked at in this league as a tough guy, like he's not even given the opportunity. You get not, what I mean? I mean right. and, and, and that and that's kind of my issue, right? Because like I'm, I'm, I mean, he had a red zone touchdown on that fake quarterback sneak when they when they sweeped it left. That was a red zone, technically a red zone touchdown. Yeah. Um, I think he's a gimmick play. Yeah, he exactly. He had he had one in, in the Vikings game, but they're not really giving him opportunities down there. Um, I got to be honest with you, I think. I think Kenny Gainwell signed his death warrant with that uh with that halftime debacle. You know, playing around on social media. You know, while while you're in the middle of a, a very heated game, you're down you're down by seven points going into halftime. I wouldn't be surprised if we if we see more Boston Scott this week. Well, how how can you lose your focus? Now look, I'll tell you this. Now, Tone, honest to God, it's a different world today. We have we're 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 all on our phones. After you, this is what happens when you go in the locker room. You go in there, you get in front of your chalkboard, your position coach is talking to you about what they're doing, this and that. You get some refreshments, you take your pads off, you probably you put a new shirt on, um, new undershirt on, you put your pads back on again. Then you get a little free time to sit there, get some refreshments, get a little Gatorade. You sit in your locker there, 
until you go back out on the field again. And I'm assuming probably today the kids picked their phone up and he probably saw a notification and he hit it and he saw it and he responded to it, put it down, didn't think anything of it. I'm not making an excuse. And I'm thinking that for him to do that like that, though, to respond to a guy from Hackensack, New Jersey, is unbelievable. I could see if my mom said, you're playing like shit. Right, I'm going to respond right. to my mom. It's just, it's just, it's just not a good. It's just not a good look when you're when you're on the championship roster and you're down at the half. It's, it's not and like they're you're counting blown. on you. Yeah, and they're counting on you, and you just fumble. So, yeah, and you know what? They want you to succeed in Philly. Yeah. So you know when you. Add I don't get this love affair in, with the kid though. I just don't get I, this love affair. I, I I'm not really seeing it either at this point. Shut up, maniac. Um, I don't see the, I don't see it. I don't see a guy who's really elevated his game from year one to year three and four. I, I don't really see I don't really see the splash like I thought I would see because I was high on Kenny Gale when we came when he came out and I wasn't even high on him last year. I felt like he needed more touches, and a lot of people don't. A lot of people are so against me when I say I feel I feel like Kenny Gale. Well, he he's he hasn't improved. He hasn't he hasn't shown me anything to really make me feel like he deserves. Like the opportunities, he, I'm I'm so bullish on Boston Scott because whenever Boston Scott is on the field, he just finds the hole, and he's not necessarily a power back, but he's a short, stout guy who runs with who runs with speed, but he runs with power. He's not afraid to put his shoulder down. I, I'm I'm bullish on Boston Scott, man. Do you, do you remember I told you that Kenny Gainwell's a dude? And I've been saying that for two years. He's a dude. Right. He's he's a dude. He's nothing like. He he, and behind that old line, sometimes you you, when you're behind an old line like that, you you can you can hide behind it because they're so talented. And look at Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders is hurt. He's not good down in Carolina. And I think you could put anybody. That's what the Eagle mentality is. Hey, if I got the best old line, you know what? I'm going to make a C student into a B student automatically and with my old line. And that's what Boston Scott has done. Boston Scott. See, has the difference in Tennessee is, is that you had an A plus back in a C in a C offensive line that played like D players, but you had a great Derrick Henry there. You put Derrick Henry know, behind the, the the offensive line in Philly, he goes for two twenty five hundred yards. So right now in twenty twenty three, Boston Scott, he's averaging in twenty twenty three. He has he's only had eight carries. He's averaging wow. almost six yards a carry. He has no faith. And, they have no faith in him. And then in 2022, he averaged four yards a carry. In 2021, he averaged four yards a carry. There's, there hasn't been a season where he's averaged less than four yards a carry. Is Gamewell and, a good pass blocker? That's a good question. I never give him much thought. That's a really good question. I'm going to have given, to check his grades out. I've not given him much thought. And, and also, he doesn't fumble the ball. He hasn't fumbled since 2021. Like he 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 doesn't fumble. In 2022, he had 54 carries, not many, but still. Um, getting Gainwell hasn't had that many carries, but it's like I just feel like Boston Scott is a guy who runs with with the mindset of this can be my last run. And Kenny Gainwell operates from this position of privilege, like he deserves to be out there. Boston Scott understands that I have to earn every every snap. He runs like that. There's, you know, there's a difference in, in in their approach, in my opinion. Jimmy Johnson's going to join us at 530. We're going to talk to him a lot about the rivalry. It's be exciting. He's confirmed, by the way. It's going to be good. 
Cowboys and Eagles, and we'll get his take. Uh, before we get out of here, I want to I want to ask yes. you about the Cowboys here. Here's Dak and what Dak's doing right now. Dak is completing 71% of his footballs, which is insane great. He's on pace for just a little a tip a tick under 4,000 passing yards, mm-hmm. 24 TDs and 12 touchdowns. Um, and he's around 98% quarterback rating. That's a good year, man. He, he, he's having a yeah. solid – I wouldn't say that's spectacular, but I think he's having a good year. Here's Tony Pollard. Yeah, here's Tony Pollard, averaging almost at four yards a carry. He's on pace for 1,027. C.D. Lamb right now is on pace for 112 catches for 1,537, and he's averaging around 13.8 in Parsons is on pace for 14 and a half sacks. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you look at these numbers here, you know what I what sticks out to me when it comes to Cowboys versus Eagles? I see four dudes. I see 10 dudes in Philly on defense and offense. You know what I mean? There's just more star power and there's more playmakers on I don't see play I mean Tony Pollard does not frighten me. CeeDee Lamb can be shut down. Mm-hmm. Parsons can be run at, and Dak can be confused. You see, if you if, if Jalen turns the ball over, they're not going to be afraid not to throw the ball 42 times in a game. They're not going to care. They're going to keep doing it, or they'll turn around and just start running the ball or start doing screens. Mm-hmm. A.J. Brown is such a force right now. Just telling you, Tone, he's such a force. It's insane to watch him play. I think he's the best wide receiver in National Football League. He's just – I mean, when you look at the Cowboys, what do, what do you think when you when you hear these numbers here and what I just said to you? You all right? No, yeah, my bad. You know, kids getting out of school, so you know how that goes. Um, nonetheless, you know, you know it's Halloween. Got to watch these little – Oh, I'm going to tell you something about Halloween before you comment on the Cowboys. I'm a hawk, man. I put out these bowls, you know. You take more than one of your allotment, man. I'm gonna jump your ass like you think you're gonna see <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer coming down on your ass, man. I'll be go like I'll, I'll get don't you dare. I, I chased a kid down one time. I did a sweep tackle on him. Take it, he took all my candy, man. I put it out there. This was when I was in Orlando. I did a sweep tackle like I was a SWAT team member, man. I got man. that. He goes, I'm sorry, man. And I go, dude. Take as many as you want, but don't take them all. See, you know, I get aggravated with that. You know what it is, real quick, before we get back to the Cowboys, really quickly. See, I'm from see, I'm from Philly, so Philly does Halloween very differently. Really, like Philly is, I'm pretty sure you heard of Mischief Night. What do you do? Give cannolis away? (laughs) You've heard of Mischief (laughs) Night, right? Mischief Mischief Night. Yeah. And, And Philly, the night before Halloween and the day of, it gets ruthless. Kids aren't just throwing eggs; they're freezing them and throwing them. These kids are crazy in Philly. So kids get ruthless. See, 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 see. So my, my antennas are stuck in Philly right now. Oh, so you're of, looking for someone to TP your uh your front house or your, I'm, your tree. I'm looking for all the little assholes out there that's trying to do something <laughs> really sneaky. You know I mean? I'm being honest. Like, like Philly does Halloween a little, they're a little ruthless in Philly when it comes to Halloween. But nonetheless, though, oh um, they throw hey, when they throw eggs, they throw hard boiled eggs. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, you know, they make they make sure you fill it. Uh, but as far as those Cowboys, man, like I'm looking, I'm looking at the, what they're doing, and like the reality is, they're a talented football team, and they're a football team that you have to take seriously. And 
their record it is what it is against the Philadelphia Eagles in the Dak Prescott era. That has to be considered. You can't overlook that. But they are in Philadelphia. They're in Lincoln Financial Field. The Philadelphia Eagles are. See, here's the thing, right? This Philadelphia Eagles team, they're not the they're not what Dak Prescott is used to playing. They're just not. So, and then you mentioned the Jalen Hurts effect. I think this is going to be a hell of a football game. Um, the game plan, in my opinion, you got to you. I understand we want to throw the ball. I'm not against it, but you got to get your running game going because Dallas cannot take it. They can't they just, take they, they, in they, all their they, losses. They, they have been they have been hit so hard in the mouth. The Eagles got to understand that. Put them to sleep. What, what, you don't what, put them to just sleep just, by just, thinking just, and dunking. Just, just put them to sleep. Just just right. Sleep. You get hey, hey get that Habib right around there, up and over. Put the hand over here and end it. Listen, you put know when I sleep. Listen, if I'm at the coin toss, right, and if I'm Hassan Reddick and those guys, AJ Brown at the coin toss, Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, if I'm from them boys, I'm shaking their hand, I'm pulling Michael Parsons close like this. <laughs> now you can't leave. Hey, wait a minute. I want to tell you one of the greatest. And so when we when we go to timeout, I want you to Google this. So Jerome Brown, Lonzo Highsmith, Winston Moss, and the Oklahoma guys come to the line. This was number one versus number two. Jerome's sitting here like this. Ain't afraid of you. Ain't afraid of you. This is my home. They wanted us to shake hands. The referees go, okay, shake hands. And here's Alonzo. I'm not afraid of you, bitch. And again, <laughs> this is on national TV. We're getting, we got hammered. Wait, it ain't done. So check it out. They go like this, shake hands. Jimmy Johnson's standing there. I'm going to bring it up with coach. He goes like this. He goes, okay, shake hands. We refuse to shake hands uh, before the game. That We got a 15-yard penalty for unsportsmanlike conduct because we wouldn't shake their hand, and we beat the shit out of them for the second year in a row, 28-16. Oh, we were not shaking their hand. Cold-blooded. See, that, see, that's my thing, man. Like, when you're going to like, – at, like, football players, the NFL, like, th- th- this, is, this is our modern-day coliseum. This is our modern day Olympia. This is this is our modern day gladiators, right? And the way I, I don't want my gladiators being homies with the other gladiators. I no. want you guys. And this may sound barbaric. This may sound. This, this may it's sound a barbaric game. This may sound primal, but I want you to take their damn head off and, and ask. I, I want you to take their head off and, and ask questions later. E- easy tone. I got suspended for that on the year at QAM, and I meant it as a metaphor too. You know, like they, you know what? No one had a sense of humor with it. They want to strip. I'm tired of people trying to strip the physicality out of football. They're trying to take the foot out of ball and the mentality. I don't understand it. You want you, you want these guys to be ruthless on the field, but the moment they talk like you want them to be gladiators on the field, but the moment they start talking like gladiators, now it's a it's a problem. You can't yeah, have it both ways, man. Shut up and just dribble. That's the expectation, right? Right. That's that's exactly right. Tone. As always, my good friend, I, I I can't wait to have Jimmy talk about the rivalry with the Eagles. Yeah. Um, because the body bag game was during his time. He and Buddy went back and forth, called Buddy Ryan a big fat ass. <laughs> and, and and Buddy's like, shit, I thought I lost a whole oh, man, those days were so oh great. man. I I I I really, you know, I, I was born in 94 sales so and um 
I wish I could have experienced like football in the 80s and just seeing just seeing and you know in the early 90s but really really taking it in to really experience it. I really wish I could really have those memories at the vet man. All my memories of Lincoln Financial Field, man. Oh, I I just wish I could have seen that level of carnage. Well, here's here's my memory at the vet looking up and seeing um all those crazy maniacs in the 700 and then <laughs> tripping over second base as I was trying to make a tackle because the damn second base and the turf were not very good and you tripped over it and the Eagle guys were always trying to run you over it and run you to that direction. Uh-huh. And it, dude, worse. It had a big rip scene. Some of the people in here will know this. The, the vet had this gigantic rip in the, in the carpet that was like a half moon. Do you remember? And I think it was like 2000 or 2001, Brian Billick, uh, the, the Ravens, they were supposed to play a preseason game in Philadelphia, right? And the game was kind of delayed for a little bit because Brian Billick was on the turf. He was at the vet. He was like, yo, what, what the hell is this? Like, yeah. like, he's like, yo, like, my guys aren't coming out here to play on this field right now, right? He, yep. he kept stopping his foot on the turf. He said, like, it won't stay down. It won't stay like So all of a sudden, they, they canceled the whole game because Brian Billick refused to bring his guys out on that turf. The Ravens. It was, it it was insane. Terrible. It was, hey, it was a great it was a great get-together place. But I can imagine, man. One. And, and, and like Kurt Schilling said a couple days ago, man, he enjoyed playing there. But anyway, Tone, great stuff. Thank you so much, my friend. All yes, good, sir. man. Always fun. Absolutely. The segment, every day, 3.30, we talk to our friend Tone as we get ready for Cowboys. I'm going to give you my top 10 NFL um, quarterback list this for this week. We're going to do that when we come back out of the timeout. I want to take a look at the Cowboys again. Do not forget, Jimmy Johnson is also going to join us at 5.30 from NFL on Fox. We will talk with him at 5.30. Do not forget also our good friends at Hooters, 40th anniversary, fall in football in Hooters. All go together from Rhode Island all the way down through New Jersey, down through King of Prussia. Please do me a favor, go into any one of the seven locations, and you'll experience what I've been talking about now for 40 years. If you don't want to go into the places, use the app, Hooters2Go.com. Tuesdays, buy 10 wings, get 10 boneless free. Wing Wednesdays, 1983. That's the year the place was founded, believe it or not. It's been that long, huh? 40th anniversary. They just had the party the other day. All good, man. Six items, six bucks. Kids eat for free on Saturdays. NortheastTutors.com. That's NortheastTutors.com. And do me a favor. Anytime you go into any one of the Hooters, tell them Big Sill sent you. and Hooters, the perfect pair.
If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program assures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Buying the Lions as a threat to Philly. Here, where's that top 10 list? Let's look at the NFC teams. 49ers, Lions, Cowboys, Seahawks. So of the 10 teams... One, two, three, four, five, half. Are those the only five teams you think really have a true chance of winning the NFC championship? Seahawks, Cowboys, Lions, 49ers, and Eagles. By the way, the reason I say this, an injury here, an injury there, could shift the balance of power in one week. See, you sit here today and you go, none of those teams frighten me. You lose Jalen Carter for the year, it would bug you. You would. Okay? You lose Lane Johnson for a significant period of time like San Francisco is. That would impact your decision. Okay? That's how the league, again, what most people in here don't like to hear is that you look at your 7-1 and record And you think because here on October 31st that that is going to play out on February 1st. It never does. It rarely does. It did a year ago. No question. (laughs) No question. Do you know what what was the most impactful thing that happened to Philadelphia last year? You didn't get hurt. The guys you started the season with started the Super Bowl. 
That's unheard of. Shit, the entire season of the Jets was put in jeopardy 72 seconds into the season. That's how quick this league changes. And that's why I keep telling you that every week is a different storyline for the National Football League. And all of you know this. So the 7-1, the 24-2, all of that, it's great today. No question about it. By the way, don't forget, Jimmy Johnson, 5.30 Eastern. He will join us. Um, absolutely. Okay. I'm now, we're going to look also at week nine of the National Football League at the top of the hour before JJ. Um, I'm going to do the top 10 NFL quarterbacks. We do this on a weekly basis and I'm going to give you my top 10 NFL quarterbacks right now. Some of you will be shocked. Here, and for the record, my top 10 NFL teams, Bills 10, I fear the 49ers D-line. They are better than us. Across the board, they are. Their linebackers are better. Their secondary's better. They're a better unit. And see, people will go, we're 7-1, and one, they're 5-3. and three. That doesn't mean you're a better defense. The Jets have a, hey, the Jets are a good unit. They're just on the field all day. The 49ers have a better – wait, you do agree the 49ers have a better de, a better defense, right, than the Eagles. Sam Howell just threw 400 yards on you. Zach Wilson beat you. I mean, the 49ers have lost in, what, consecutive weeks to Kirk Cousins, who had his career night. Lost to the number one defense in the NFL in Cleveland and lost to Joe Burrow, who's been to two AFC championship games in back to back years. That's not chicken, that's not chicken shit stuff there. Those are not bad teams. They're, that's not bad teams. Those are good football teams that if you have any deficiency, and, and once again, once again, I love how people go like this, dude. They've had a three-game losing streak. So would you be if you lost Lane Johnson and A.J. Brown for a couple weeks. So would you. The Eagles would go on a three-game losing streak. You know why we know this? Look at the record without Lane. It speaks to the history of Lane not being there. Does it not? When Lane is not in the starting lineup, the Eagles are a completely different football team. But and, and real goes, but we didn't. That's right. No question. We have to see how this thing plays out yet. Hey, on October 31st, you're the best football team, I think, in the NFL. Do I think that you'll be that in February? I don't know how the health issue is going to play out. Here, here's, here's the thing now that you haven't made any deals. You're not deep at edge rusher. You're not deep at corner. Your safeties aren't very good. Your linebackers can't cover, and you're trying to get this other – you play a kid who does not deserve to be on the field. I would stick with Morrow and Cunningham, but for whatever reason, a general manager is part of a coaching staff 
that he has no right being on. Howie Roseman has no right to have any decision on who plays on Sundays, yet he does. And the only way that you know that, the Kobe Dean getting playing time is a joke. They targeted him. You guys go, we had a couple of nice run fits. Yeah, but this is a passing league. So that means 70% of the time, you're almost a nickel. So 70% of the time, they're throwing the ball in this league. Which means he's on the field. He does not deserve to be on the field. Seals, would you prefer Allen, Diggs, or Hurts, and Antonio? I, 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 boy, that's a great question. Young opposite Bose is scary. Hey, Anton, don't forget Randy Gregory's out there too now. And you got Armstead and Hardgrave in the middle and Warner behind him. Seals, would you prefer Stefan Diggs, Josh Allen, or Hertz and, and AJ Brown? Allen's the better passer. Hertz is the better decision maker. Eagles sixth in sacks, 49ers, ninth. 19th, that D-line special. Oh, you're right, Warriors. You're right. Your, your defense is better than San Francisco's. Even though you get crushed by people like Zach Wilson and Sam Howe. Okay. And Mac Jones. Mac Jones threw for 316 yards on you. Come on, dude. That's a great question. Wow. Josh Allen or Stefan Diggs or AJ and Hertz. Mm, I don't know. I would take Allen over Hertz. But I would never take AJ over Diggs. And I don't think it's as significant I would take Allen over Hertz. So to me, the duo is closer for Hertz and Brown. You know what I'm saying? It's not like I would take Josh Allen and it's by a mile. But I would take AJ by a mile over Diggs. So I would probably... Josh Allen only has 25 more passing yards. Dude, stick with your guy. It's all good. I'm a Josh Allen fan. He's your guy. Go ahead. I'm going to play with Josh Allen. That's the quarterback I want. That's a quarterback that everyone in the league outside of Philly knows is better than him. You're the only ones. It's okay. Only people in Philly think he's better than him. He's not. He doesn't throw a better pass. He's not a better passer. That is not true. And Jalen's finding that out now with his turnovers. He's finding that out now with the high turnovers. Your guy's got 11 turnovers in eight ball games. Welcome to the Josh Allen family. 
Welcome to the Patrick Mahomes family, Jalen. About time you took a chair at the table. Instead of throwing the ball 400 times, these guys throw the ball 650 times a year, 250 times more, 200 times more than your guy. Now Jalen's doing that. Do you think there's a reason why he's turning the ball over more? By the way, you know what's crazy about all, all you say about Allen? Allen is in position right now to host home field in the AFC. Do you understand that? His team is in position to be the team to host the AFC title game in Buffalo. Buffalo's got a huge game. They played the Bengals this weekend. What a game that's going to be. Look at that. You got Buffalo and Cincy this weekend in Cincinnati. That could be for home field advantage because Cincinnati beats Buffalo. They're totally back in this thing. They're totally back in it. Okay? Here are my quarterbacks for the week. My top 10 NFL quarterbacks. Number 10. Guys had a really good season. Poor stretch. I got Brock Purdy down here. Let's take a look at Brock Purdy's season so far. I know you guys want to take a look only and dissect like you do with Nick Sirianni's 24-2 and two thing instead of the 2-5 and five start. I know many of you like cutting things up and making it fit your narrative. So let's take a look at Brock Purdy stats and how well he's played this year. Let's take a look at this and see how he's done since you guys think he sucks and he's not having a good year. So pretty so far on the season, completing 65.5%. He is, let's see here, excuse me, 68.3%. He's got 2,033 yards. He's got 12 touchdowns and five picks. And he's got a quarterback rating right now of 105.4. I'll take that all night. So this guy's on pace. Let me get this right. In eight games, he's on pace for 4,000 passing yards. He's on pace for 25 touchdowns, 10 picks, and a 104. What else do you want from him? That's what your guy's going to do. More passing yards, but more turnovers. You're making it sound like Jalen Hurts is having a better season than Brock Purdy. Again, that 7-1 record's a team record, not a Jalen Hurts record. I will say this, though. He's struggling with not having – I think he's struggling more with not having Trent Williams in there. Okay? Number nine, I got to put Burrow in here. He is just getting better and better and better. It's probably healthier and healthier each and every single week. He's getting healthier. I got him at nine. You know, I got to say this about Prescott. Dak's on pace for 4,000 passing yards, 24 TDs, 12 interceptions, 98 quarterback ratings. He's completing 71% of his passes. 
Dak's having a good year, man. Got to give it to him. He's at eight. He's he's not having a horrible year. Jared Goff is insane. What is Jared Goff's numbers? I can't believe what I'm watching with him. I just cannot believe how Jared Goff stats. I can't believe how well he's playing. What was he last night? 272, a touchdown and a pick. Vegas could have won that game last night. Look at look at look at Jared Goff and the numbers he's putting up. Look at this. So he's completing at 68-3. He's got 2,100 passing yards. He's got 12 touchdowns and five picks. I mean, he, he's having a really good season. And he's on pace for 4,200 passing yards. He's 6 and 2, 2174. Look at how many years Jared Goff. Hey, if I told you this, hey, Tone, check this out. Everyone, check this out here. So this guy's thrown for 46, 88, and 32 touchdowns and 12 picks. 46, 38, 32 touchdowns and 15 picks. 4,052. 20 touchdowns and 13 picks, 44-38 a year ago, 29 touchdowns and seven picks. That's a bad career. Jared Goff is slowly putting together. He's going to go over 30,000 passing yards in only eight years playing in the league. Jared Goff has played eight years. This is his eighth year. And he's going to go over 30,000 passing yards. To put that in context, I think McNabb in his entire career threw the ball for 36,000 yards. I think he played 15, 16 years. And half the time of what McNabb did, I get it, different league. But supposedly golf sucked. Supposedly he sucked. This guy's going to throw for 60,000 yards in his career. Crazy to look at him now and go, you know, I when he came out of Cal, I saw nothing that I enjoyed about it. Nothing. Okay. I got Tua at six. I got Trevor Lawrence at five. I've got Jalen Hurts at four. I got Allen at three, Mahomes at two, and the guy who I think's playing MVP ball right now is Lamar Jackson. Ten is Purdy, nine is Burrow, eight is Dak, seven is Golf, six is Tua, five is Lawrence, four is Hertz. Last week, by the way, CBS had Hertz eighth. I had him sixth. He's fourth this week. He's moving up. Okay, he's moving up. Okay, I got Allen three. Who wins the cricket championship tonight? <laughs> Can you eat it? Lamar's having a great year. I got him right now. 
those those would be Allen not better. Okay, Eagle fan, you take him and I'll take Josh Allen. I'm Josh Allen is better. It's just hey, we'll agree to disagree. Okay, you think he's better? I don't. Josh Allen has one guy on that team up there, and carries that unit. You see what happens with Purdy when you take a couple components off the team. He can't carry it. Allen carries that franchise on his back, literally. There's no running game. They signed Fournette. That probably helped. But there's nothing there. He's doing what Mahomes is doing in Kansas City. He's got Kelsey. He's got Diggs. It has no one else. There's nothing else on that Buffalo Bills team that makes anyone look as a coordinator and go, wow. And 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 I know people will do this. You know, some people don't like that conversation. Really? So you think really that Jalen Hurts has the same ability as a guy when you have a pro bowler at every position on the Eagles offense and he doesn't, he has one. Seriously. How do you justify that when you make that comment? Both your offensive tackles are legitimate pro bowlers. Your left guard's a pro bowler. Your center's a Hall of Famer. Your two wide receivers are 1,000-yard pass catchers. One's on a historic run. The other will probably be a pro bowler. Your tight end's a pro bowler. Your quarterback is a pro bowler. In Buffalo, you have one guy and a quarterback. But, hey, it's equal. That's a joke. That's why Buffalo and and Kansas City, that's why those guys, when they have quarterbacks like that, they don't have to spend a ton of money on running backs. They don't have to spend a ton of money on tight ends. They don't have to spend a ton of money on offensive linemen. They don't have to. Can you imagine this? Look at the money that they spend to give Jalen Hurts the opportunity to win a Super Bowl. Both your offensive tackles are $30 million dollars. Your wide receiver is a $25 million guy, right? You just paid your quarterback 50. You got a tight end, it's 15 million. They ain't got none of that shit in Buffalo or Kansas City. We're gonna find a little bit of that out about Joe Burrow when they or they started paying him now. Those of us who grew up in the 90s watching the Eagles hate the Cowboys. Sorry, I'm behind him watching. That's all good. It's a great rivalry. Jimmy Johnson's gonna be with us at 5:30 Eastern. Okay. Jalen wins are a team sport. Also, Sills, Josh Allen's wins are not a team sport. Sure. He went 13 and 3 last year. I don't know. In a, a in a tougher AFC. When you've got to go th- hey, get this. I love LJ. LJ goes through Daniel Jones and Christian McCaffrey at quarterback in the playoffs. And Josh Allen's got to go through Mahomes, Burrow, Lamar Jackson. I mean, it's a different world there, guys. (laughs) That's a different gauntlet. Okay? That's a different gauntlet than playing against Christian McCaffrey and Daniel Jones. (laughs) Not that hard a road to the Super Bowl when you get into the playoffs last year in the NFC. The Giants and the Niners. And the Niners, not too bad a job again. They got their quarterback taken out by a great play by your defensive guy. It's all good. All good, man. <clears throat> Whatever, dude. 
Once again, JoJo, you take Hurts. I will never build my team around Jalen Hurts. I'll build it around Josh Allen. It's it's just a style. Don't get bent. (laughs) Don't get bent over it. It's okay. Jalen's everything you guys want. Perfect. That's the style they want to win games with. No problem. Do I think they win with a Super Bowl with him? I do not. But hey, we'll see. I might be wrong. I hope in a way I am. I would not want you to have spent all that equity and not win and validate all those 24 and twos and seven and ones. Because it'll be the biggest disappointment in the history of the Eagle franchise. This will be a bigger disappointing run than Andy Reid's run if you don't win a Super Bowl. That's the pressure you have on this run. You know, it's it's almost like the, the Chargers back in the day. They couldn't do anything with Dan Fouts, and they couldn't do anything with Phillip Rivers. They went to the Super Bowl with Stan Humphreys. You went to the Super Bowl with a backup quarterback and the best substitute teacher of all time. Okay? Buffalo went 14-3, and three, not Josh Allen. Whatever. Hey, guys, again, you can do whatever you want, and you can try justifying telling me that you think that there's the same amount of talent in Buffalo as there is in Philly. I'll tell you what, I'll ask Jimmy Johnson who he thinks a better quarterback is. Okay, we'll ask him. And he's got no ties to both places. Okay, we'll ask him. I'll even ask him what he thinks of Jalen's growth. Is that fair? Hey, hey, Nod, 24 and 2. I, 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 it's probably going to get you home field if Detroit doesn't hold it off. Detroit could end up getting that. Okay? Okay? JoJo goes, Sills, you talk too much. Take a break. Dude, I can't help it that you don't like the fact that I don't like that style of play. How about this? Would I want Lamar Jackson as my starting quarterback? No. I don't really have to justify it, but I wouldn't want him. Now, he's throwing the ball better, but he's not a better passer than that guy in Buffalo. Not at all. And they're trying to put as many weapons around him as they can now. Like, they're they're trying to duplicate what they're doing in Philly for him. Right there, in a nutshell, is the perfect comment. Latin Inferno is exactly right. Allen is a better talent, but makes poor decisions. Absolutely true. Absolutely no question about it. That's why it's close. If Allen made better decisions, it wouldn't be close. Does he get better doing his problems, not talent? Working on his accuracy. None of that. It's it's working on his game. Did you see Michael Parsons begging Cowboy fans to show up at the link because he thinks they can make it a home game? Now that is, once again, a delusional dude. So the Cowboy guy and biggest cheerleader 
thinks that he's going to turn Lincoln Financial into Cowboys, Arlington South or West or East, that is delu- what he must get this. What an insult to you guys. Michael Parsons just took a shit on Eagle fans. Michael Parsons thinks that you're the Charger fans. That's how I would take that. There's only one stadium in the NFL that's the biggest disgrace. That's SoFi Stadium, where you can go into that building at any time and turn it into your home crowd. You will ne- – hey, dude, here's the places you could never do that to. You could never do that in Buffalo. You could never do that in Philadelphia. I don't think you could do that in Pittsburgh or Green Bay. Um. I think you could do that shit in definitely Los – I don't know if you could – yeah, probably Las Vegas. Okay? You can't do that in Philly. You think you're going to turn Lincoln Link, – hey, Michael Parsons says that, get this, that he thinks Cowboy fans are more supportive of his team than the Eagle fans are. And I will say this to you. You know how I feel about you guys. That couldn't be further from the truth. That is way off the base. Hey, I, I could actually see them not selling tickets to Cowboy fans. Hey, hey, Tone, am I right? Could you actually see a ticket agent or someone at the front with a guy walking up to the gate with a Cowboy jersey on and that guy not serving him and the guy behind him with an Eagle gear, the guy goes, sorry, we're out of tickets. No, you're not. And then the guy leaves and the guy goes, yeah, yeah, I got tickets. And the guy walks back. How come you said we're out of tickets? I'm not selling them to you. (laughs) Don't go like this. We put up clothes for lunch. (laughs) Dude, that guy's so stupid. He really is. Michael Parsons is stupid. He's just a stupid dude. Um, He's stupid. Eagles are one of, one of if not, the best traveling teams. But Micah thinks the Cowboys will make our home turf Cowboys home game. And let's ask Jimmy Johnson that at 530, if they thought they could do that anytime during his time coaching the Cowboys. <laughs> oh, my God. Michael Irvin said the toughest place he's ever played is Philadelphia. And that includes that place in Gainesville. The Crocodile School. And that Crocodile School is a tough place to play. Okay? The the Crocodile School has a very tough place to play. Roseman's old place. All right, let me ask you this. Are you disappointed that Roseman didn't make a move? Do you think it'll cost you? Do you think it'll cost you? I happen to agree with you, Trucker. I think the Cowboys are overrated. I'll ask Jimmy that too for you. Does a lack of a move? We that's right. Like Tone said, the buyer deal a week ago. You probably got him cheaper. How he probably looks at it just like that. Hey, I got what I needed. I think that that kid Johnson, I think the Bears wanted the King's ransom for him. And they the teams were not going to give it up in midseason. They were not going to give up a two for the kid. No way. 
But they were not going to do that. Okay? They were not going to. That was a great play by Julio. They were just not. To me, I think the asking price was too high. We just got our homework done early. That's all. No need for Eagles or fans to pan. No, no, they and they weren't going to because, again, I'm not giving a two up either for that kid. I would have given you a three and maybe a player. Depend. I would have given you Derek. Hey, I'm pretty shocked Derek Parnett's still on the team, but see, they need depth there. They need depth. So, and plus they got guys that are still hurt. They're hoping to come off the IR too. No, we can't have all pros at every position. Shit, the the Patriots made a living at that. We have a solid squad and just have to let them play. And, and to what Tone said, you have to get continuity and you have to get communication. Two things that are essential in building a defense. It's communication and continuity. We got the best player of all guys dealt, Anton. Bayard better than Chase Young. I saw somebody go like this, that in four years, Chase Young's got 14 sacks. He missed two. He missed two years. 14 sacks in two years? That's not awful. Okay? That's not awful. For an edge rusher, that's not awful. In his first year when he came out of Ohio State as a number two overall pick, that guy was that guy showed me more talent than Michael Parsons ever did his first year. He's a good player. Now, I do think he's still dealing with that injury, and I don't know if he'll ever get back to being what he was, but he's a good player. That helps San Francisco out big time. That gives the Niners a lot of leverage, man, on depth at the position. Okay, plus he knows the NFC East. Chase is younger, but Byard is healthier. The edge is a premium position. The safety is not. Both deals could be picked apart, but I'll take the healthier guy. But I would also take, remember this too, Tone. That's great when you're looking at the two prospects. Okay, the bigger need for that unit is the Eagles getting a safety versus the Niners getting another edge. They just made a trade for Gregory with Denver. So, you know, okay, albeit it's a good move, but that is that really an impact move that puts you over the top? Or does the kid from Tennessee solidify your back end and help you more? And was that more of a need between the two teams? See, I think the Eagles feel the bigger need than what San Francisco did. Okay, and then that's when you add in, plus he's on the field more, he's a healthier guy, and he's an experienced dude, which, you're awful old back there now, though. Okay? You're you're awful old back there. All right. We're going to look at week nine of the National Football League. Before we get into Coach Jimmy Johnson, Jimmy Johnson's going to join us at 5.30 Eastern. Please hit the like button. Power hour coming up. Keep it here on the National Football Show.
Ball and Hooters, the perfect pair. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Johnson, 5.30 Eastern, he will join us, and we will talk Cowboys and Eagles. What is there a significant moment you remember the most from that rivalry? A moment you remember the most? Had to be when you guys pelted uh, Irvin with the snowballs. The body bag game was great. That hey, those those games were so physical. When you watched them on film, you were like, "Holy shit!" I mean, the hitting that went on in those games. Emmett Smith going against Gang Green. Holy hey, that old line going against Reggie and Jerome. The whole history of those two guys. I'm I'm gonna totally ask Jimmy. What went sideways between Buddy Ryan and you? He used to, I, I've told you guys this story before. He used to come down. Buddy coached me for how many? Two years he came down. He Am I right when I say this? Buddy Ryan got the job in Philadelphia in 86, right? 
got the job in 86. He came down that spring and he took Jerome and I and everyone, and we sat around with him for two days and he was coaching us. Butch Davis was there. We were talking. Jimmy was there and he was talking to us about the 46. And he said he was going to do some variations and something different with the Eagle defense compared to what he did in Chicago. And he was just an innovator. He really was, man. <clears throat> he was just an innovator. He was great to listen to, too, man. Straightforward, no shit talking. Just, or he's talked shit to you for sure. A negative one when we lost to them in week 17 in the wild card on back to back weeks, 2010. Must have been one of the lowest points in our history. Yeah, losing to Dallas two times in a row, that would kill, man. Um, man, he was such a great listen. You know, he would start talking about techniques and how you could cheat on techniques and how Buddy Ryan would just line you up. You know, he, he told you, Seth will tell you this. He goes, you know, I can beat most people just aligning my guys in the right spot. And then if they're gifted and talented, that's even better. And when you get the right combination where, you know, guys that know how to manipulate technique and they're good, that's how you invent gangrene. That's how you get a defense that you can move places and people around. How many times did they move Reggie White around? They moved him to tackle, the nose. They tilted him. They moved him to end. They put him in a wide nine. Nobody was running wide nines in 1987. Nobody, nobody even knew what a wide nine was. Shit, man. They were running flex defenses still, and they were still running those wide tackle six defenses with D tackles and four-point stances. And Buddy's like, no, 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 we're not doing any of that shit. Plus, he had guys like Wilbur Moore. I'll tell you this, man. That defense in Chicago, that 85 Bears team, they had some headhunters. And guess what? The formula for Buddy Ryan's defenses were all headhunters. You're, you're, you're Dave Durson and you're Doug Plank that was on that 85 Bears team was Andre Waters and Wes Hopkins. Those guys were just ball hawks and knocked the shit out of you, man. That Eagle defense, what a shame. Dude, the unit you had a year ago, no disrespect with all the sacks, they would kill you. I mean, they're, they're not even remotely in the same conversation. And plus, back then, right, Tone? Back in the 80s, would they throw the ball 25 times? Shit, if they – you could you imagine what Reggie White would do to you if you were throwing the ball 60 times a game in today's NFL? Your quarterback wouldn't get out of – he wouldn't get out of the game. Could you imagine giving Reggie 60 opportunities to get to your quarterback – he would kill you. Your quarterback wouldn't make it through the 60-minute ball game. I mean, back then you had 25 attempts. That's right. Um, Tone goes like this. Reggie would average 25. Reggie White today would average 25 sacks, yeah. 25 sacks a, a year. He, he, man, and what made him so fucking amazing 
was that as that was the time that the league was transforming into 330 pound guys like Eric Williams. This guy was picking up people like Larry Allen, who was 348, 700 pound bencher, and throwing those guys on their heads. And Larry Allen's the best offensive lineman I've seen in the last 30 years. Nobody's better than Larry Allen. Speed, power, pass blocking, run blocking. I mean, the strongest man in NFL history. I, I, I don't remember. Hey, guys, I don't remember what game it was. I think it was against you guys. Aikman threw a pick. He ran down the field, Tone. You got to watch it on YouTube. He ran down the field at least 75 yards and caught the guy who caught the pick before he went in the end zone. Caught him in a dead run. And he's 350 pounds. Might have been the Saints. But I thought it was the Eagles, man. I've never seen – me and my wife were watching the game at the time, and I'm going like this. I've never seen anything like that. Don't forget, Jimmy Johnson's going to join us at 5.30, and we're going to get his thoughts on how he sees this whole thing shaking up as we go into week nine. I want to throw week nine out there before Jimmy comes on. That's a great question. Cosmo Gosills, now that the trading deadline is done, what's your next move? My next move is figuring out the chess pieces on what I have. Okay? You now have to coach the guys you have. Okay, you have to look at what you have on your team and who best fits. Can I can I say something completely off the hey, hey tone? Everyone, I don't know how you'll take this. But boy, I'll tell you what. I don't know, man, but why do I feel like I want to experiment with Nicobe Dean at safety? I don't know. I don't, he's probably not fast enough. Um He's not big enough to play linebacker. I mean, kind of playing like John Lynch. Again, I'm just spitballing here. He looks like a safety out there. You know? He just looks like a safety. Give, give him an opportunity. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm Again, I'm spitballing way over the top. He's probably... I don't know, maybe too slow to play that position. Okay. Warrior goes, I thought the same thing, but he's slow. I, I probably true. Dean runs a four, three. I doubt he runs a four, three, but if he runs a four, five, he's not slow. The Kobe Dean is the slowest guy on that defense. Can I tell you why? Chad, the reason why he's the slowest because he's thinking too much. He's not reacting. He doesn't really know where to line up and he doesn't know what they're doing to him. And that's when the tie dude, who's the tight end from the Cowboys. Well, if Dean runs a four, seven, I ran a four, eight at two ninety eight. That's slow. That was 35 years ago. Okay. If he runs a four, seven, he's too slow. Okay. Cause I ran a four, eight. The New York Giants are a joke. Check this out. The Giants had a trade agreed with the 49ers for Dory Jackson, but failed to report it to the league in time via Wesley Steinberg. 
the New York Giants are a complete shit show. Don't ever worry about them or the Washington Commanders. You will never have to worry about them. Every time I turn on the tape, Dean makes false steps. Anton, everything I said about the kid has happened. And I don't even know if he's good or bad. I, you know, I honest to God feel for the guy. I think they've thrown him into a boiling pot of water. And they just said, go, go, go swim in it. They gave him no reps in the preseason, really. They gave him no preparation to see all the looks he's going to get. Who's the tight end for the Cowboys? I think he's third in receptions on the Cowboy team right now. Who's the guy? Ferguson? Ferguson? Who? Because get this. Am I right, Tone? Everyone? I didn't, I never I never heard of the tight end in Washington. And he ate the middle of that zone up last week for Sam Howell. I never heard of that. What was he 82, 81? I, I don't even know who he is. That guy ate that entire zone up last week. Logan Thomas? Okay. I mean, Logan Thomas? I'm not, I'm not thinking he was a focal point of their offensive passing attack. Dude, you got to wonder what's going on in New York. The New York Giants had a trade for a guy, and because they didn't get it into the league office in time, you, you lose out on the opportunity to get a player and make your team better. Complete incompetence. He's solid, not exceptional, but solid. Yeah, well, get this. Solid beats in experience. Remember what I told you about matchups? I would not doubt if Ferguson becomes a focal point of the attack against the Eagles on Sunday. An obscure guy going against a guy who can't cover. And if the Eagles are arrogant, you're going to test the arrogance out of the coaching staff and most notably the front office. Because every time N'Kobe Dean is in there, you better hope he's there in second and four, second and five, because if he's out there and it's a third down passing situation, I'm not even thinking about going to the numbers. I'm going to my tight end because he can't cover. Shit, Zach Cunningham and those other guys, they struggle when it comes to that. They struggle. Dear... Dean is in a weird spot and maybe why he dropped safety size, but too slow, not big enough to be a thumper. Too slow and small to cover tight ends. Yeah, he's that proverbial tweener guy. See, all the things that pre-draft people saw in Kobe Dean have all reared its head. His physical size, his inability to stay healthy, his cover issues are now becoming prominent and you combine that with the eagles arrogance thinking he was just gonna plug and play that's how you have misses at linebacker why you have misses didn't the eagles just cut a third round guy this past offseason at linebacker you guys not cut a guy then you draft a linebacker am i wrong third or fourth or fifth round didn't 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 they just draft the guy and they just released him? It was kind of like under the radar kind of a release. Davion Taylor was the third round pick. Am I right, Tone? Guy was the third round pick. Same round as Dean. How he missed on him. 
Okay, here's another miss at linebacker. Now, what he'll do, what makes him good, he's going to... Why is Howie having more success in free agency and UDFAs? You notice that? He's given more draft equity up on linebackers that don't pan out, and it equals out because the UDFAs and the free agents come in here and play well. Kaiser White, TJ Edwards, Zach Cunningham, Nicholas Morrow. Okay. That's pathetic. The Giants front office. Oh, my God. You had a deal. Just just to recap this, before we get Jimmy Johnson on, the Giants had a deal and a trade in place with the Niners for Dory Jackson, but failed to report it to the league in time, the 4 o'clock deadline, via Wesley Steinberg. So if you're that incompetent that you can't get a deal in, how do you trust that guy and those front office guys in New York to think that they could build you a team when they can't even do proper filing for making trades? You think they they can't even get the filing procedure down? The Adore Jackson contract is killing the Giants. I don't think that's the only one killing at Giants. Like, like the, the tight end deal. Why did you go get a tight end when you paid $40 million a year for your quarterback when he needs protection? The, again, the, this is the Eagles are beating you in business. They're beating you in business. The entire NFC, the, here, here are the only teams that are doing well, in my opinion. Seattle. Here, am I right when you say this? John Schneider, the general manager in Seattle. You trade away Russell Wilson. I thought the Seattle Seahawks were going to be the worst team in the National Football League. They made the playoffs last year. Look at the trades that they've made. Look at the equity they've got in drafts. And this is even after the shitty Jamal Adams deal. They're still rebuilding. Pete Carroll is going to leave Seattle in a great place when he retires. Belichick, not so much. Pete's a good builder, man. That's a great relationship they have up there. See, the one thing that happens up in New England, you keep losing guys like Nick Casario, Scott Pioli. When guys like that are no longer in your front office and helping you when it comes to personnel decisions, that's when you start taking steps backwards and you start making idiotic moves like putting um, Matt Patricia as your offensive coordinator and shit. That's when you start walking it back. And you start doing this. Okay, well, you know, look at the look at the Giants, for instance, here. So the Giants don't... They don't pick up the fifth-year option on Jones. They turn around because he has five games that are decent. They pay him $40 million per. He's got more of a cap hit to the Giants over the next three years than what Jalen Hurts does over his entire contract. And Jalen's making more. How he wins that? That Darren Waller deal? Darren Waller? 
I haven't heard him. Hey, someone help me here. Darren Waller? I haven't heard that guy's name in three years when it came to being a significant player in the league. When's the last time you heard that guy as being a good ball player? Can I ask what happened to Keely Ringo? He's not ready. If you don't see these guys out there right now, by the way, I told you this, Sidney Brown's not ready. He overpursues. He's not a great form tackler. He needs to slow his game down. He's playing with his hair on fire. It's okay. He's got to get a little patience out there. The Eagles don't trust him. Okay? You're not, especially with these quarterbacks that know what they're doing out there. You're not going to put inexperience out there with Allen and Mahomes. I mean, look at look at what do you know why Mahomes beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl? And I'm just I'm not meaning to go back over that, but what I'm saying is they started running crossing routes in the fourth quarter. And what were the Eagles doing? They did something they didn't do all year. You know what they did? They started passing guys off. Communication was horseshit in the fourth quarter. And I mean, dude, I, I saw guys running into one another in the fourth quarter. And the only reason the Chiefs stopped scoring was because the game ended. There was one way of stopping them. That one way you couldn't have stopped them. Fans got to understand there's nothing wrong with a kid being ready. When the team is a Super Bowl contention, if the Eagles were rebuilding, that's the time to put Ringo and Sidney out there, right, to go through their bumps and bruises. The Eagles are prepared to win it all. No time to hold hands, right? It's not. There's no – this is what a, – a tone, everyone, this is what made that whole Trey Lance thing an abomination. Why are you experimenting with a quarterback when you have a Super Bowl roster and you're sitting around trying to do – um some sort of like development of a quarterback when you have a Super Bowl team. I, I I would say this to you, okay? I know Jimmy G didn't look good last night, but boy, I'll tell you, man, San Francisco, they do not make good selections and good moves when it comes to the quarterback position. I don't get it. They just don't really make proper decisions blocking Hassan Reddick with a tight end instead of not a tackle or double teaming him when you saw the season he was having. Letting your quarterback, and then putting the quarterback even out there in the fourth when he completely had his arm annihilated. You put him back in there. That The whole thing in San Francisco, they do such a good job at every other position. But when it comes, can I tell you what I think it comes down to? I think it comes down to Kyle Shanahan getting in the way of the quarterback decision. I think I think he gets in the way there of that whole thing because he feels that's. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you a story here about Coach Johnson, and I want to tell you and and I'm gonna show you what he did when it came to the quarterback position. I was there um, the first year with the guys, and I remember Troy Aikman coming up to me. We were at a steakhouse, me, Crawford Kerr, Daryl Johnson. We're sitting there at Thousand Oaks, and Troy Aikman comes up to me, and he goes like this. Hey, so Jimmy Jimmy uh, drafted your boy, huh? I looked at Aikman. I swear, everyone, I went just like this. You don't think that guy's going to start 
Uh, and and he loved and loves to this day Steve Walsh. Guy loved me, one of his favorite players. But you know what that guy? I go, Troy, you don't think that guy's playing that guy, do you? That guy plays to win. Okay, he don't give a shit who you are. He plays to win. This guy's going to win. And he don't, this ain't nothing to do with friendship. So I say that, and then I bring my coach in on that. And I bring Jimmy Johnson in here now. Coach, people, people forget, man. You didn't draft. You didn't draft Steve Walsh. And, and, and coach, no shade on anything here, but you drafted him because you wanted the picks. Yeah, I, you know, that that was pretty clear right off the bat, uh, although I had to kind of walk the fence with Troy and, and Steve. I, I didn't want to, uh, you know, devalue, uh, you know, Steve Walsh, but I was going to trade him all along. And and that's how we worked that first year. And then, of course, I got a one, two, and a three from New Orleans for Steve later on. And so it paid some dividends for me. Coach, you brought down Buddy Ryan in 1986. I got pictures that I posted that he was at our practice and there was a relationship. And we're based in Philly and it's Eagles and Cowboy Week. How did that relationship turn once you got to the Cowboys into like this back and forth? And it made for such a great rivalry. I mean, how did that thing morph into that? Well, actually, um, uh, they had actually talked to me uh, about possibly going to the Eagles at a later date. Uh, and so I'm, I'm really kind of an Eagles fan. Uh, but as far as Buddy and I, uh, you know, during that period of time, you know, of course, you know, we were, we, you know, we weren't real good that first year. And the second year, we got a little better. And, and Buddy, you know, you know, he said, hey, you know, I've got the upper hand on you. And so later on, when I was working with Fox, I went and did a, a game, you know, there in Arizona when Buddy was in Arizona. And I said, Buddy, I said, you did have the upper hand, but seems like to me, uh, you never won a playoff game. And seems like to me, I think I've got a couple of rings on my hand right now. <laughs> so, so I had the last laugh on Buddy. But uh, I had a great relationship. He was a great, great defensive coach. Uh, and I've got great respect for his sons as well, or their outstanding coaches as well when they did coach. Coach, have you been shocked with the progression and growth of Jalen Hurts as a quarterback? Yeah, he, you know, he really has come strong, and I, I'm so impressed. Uh, you know, he's such a leader. He's such a hard worker. You know, I talked to Howie Roseman, you know, when they were practicing against uh, – the Dolphins a year ago, and he just said the guy just worked so hard. And then I talked to Nick Sirianni. Sirianni said, "Hey, I'm a fan of yours." I said, "You're a fan of mine." I said, "He said, yeah, I've been following you longer than anybody you know ever." I said, "No, what do you mean?" He said, "I became a fan of yours when you were on that TV show, Coach." And I said, "That was in 1993." <laughs> I said, "You were a little kid." He said, "Yeah, I saw you on Coach." Uh, but Sirianni's done a great job with Hurts. And, and and I think the big thing is uh, Howie Roseman has brought in some outstanding talent, you know, with A.J. Brown, you know, with, you know, all the supporting cats. It's made Hurts that much better. Coach, tell me something when you're making – you know what, Coach? I, don't, I mean, I don't, I don't want to put you in a position where I have you talking shade on Jerry, but I will say this. 
you know, of all the people and players that he's tried to replace, he's never been able to replace you. When you were there for five years, hopefully I got the number right. You made 57 deals when you were there in that five years. And when I see a guy that's not aggressive, you were always, you told me something years ago, coach. You said, I'm never looking to replace the top 1% of my roster. I'm always looking to replace the 1% of my bottom of my roster because that's how I know we're going to continue to get better. And it just seems that Jerry doesn't, he falls in love with his guys. And coach, you love us all. I know you do. However, yeah, I always felt you fell in like with us in case you had to make the right move for your team. You know what I'm saying, coach? I mean, you, yeah. you were, you were there to win. You weren't there to be buddies with everyone. Like it seems he is. Is that his mistake? Well, I, I don't know that it's a mistake. They, they have a team that they really like. I understand that. And, and, you know, I think all every franchise sometimes falls in love with their veterans and keep their veterans maybe a little bit too long. Uh, but, you know, when we won the first Super Bowl, we were the youngest team in the league. And by having the youngest team in the league, we were the lowest paid team in the league. Uh, and so that's why we were able to go on and win the next year. And, of course, they won another one after that. Uh, but I was always looking to improve. You know, my third year when we – went to Detroit and got beat by Detroit in the playoffs. Uh, we struggled on pass defense. And I right there in the locker room after the game, I said, we've got to improve our pass defense. And so that all season, I was able to make a trade for Charles Haley uh, and then also draft uh, uh, Kevin Smith and Darren Woodson for the secondary. And then we went ahead and won the Super Bowl after that. So you're always looking to improve your football team. You know, Coach, one thing Howie Roseman has a lot in common with you it just seems that he has a an evaluation on every single and all 1,900 of the players that are in the league. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, wouldn't you agree the reason that you had such an advantage on everyone else, it's kind of like Pete Carroll when he was at Southern Cal, you had recruited many of the kids who would go into the draft or would be free agents. So you kind of had a heads up on what this kid was. Maybe he's not tall enough. Maybe he doesn't run a really great 40, but he's got great instincts. So you had kind of like a, a head start on what you were looking at. This guy, Howie Roseman, coach, he'll fail at getting corners. Then he'll go sign corners in free agency. He'll make a trade for AJ, who was underutilized with the Titans. Now you see what he's doing. I mean, how did you look at bringing players into your organization? It wasn't about the name on the back, was it? It was about a profile. Yeah, you've got to you know know the player, and and I think you know that's the advantage that we had you know when I first went to the Cowboys is that you know because we were such an outstanding team at Miami as you know, and you were a big part of it, and uh, we were recruiting you know some of the top players in the country, and so you know I I had been in their homes, I knew them as individuals, I knew you know what their makeup was, I knew how. Uh, harder workers they were. I, I knew about their injuries on and on and on. And so it gave me an advantage, you know, those first couple of years drafting. Uh, and, and you mentioned Jerry and, and Stephen, and don't, don't forget about Clay, uh, Will, you know, McClay, he, he has done a great job as far as bringing in talent. Uh, you look at them right now, and I, I think the Cowboys and the Eagles are going to be a great ball game here this weekend. I, the way the Cowboys played this last week, uh, I can see why they wouldn't make many moves because, you know, they're pretty strong in all areas. And that keeps their salary cap down, too, you know, 
where you really don't want to keep trying to trade and trying to chase the dream and wreck your salary cap by bringing in high priced veterans. Uh, so if you've got a good young team, you know, then at times you want to stay pat. You know what though, coach, when I, when I think of your run and I think of how physically imposing, you know what coach, I don't think you get enough credit for building that old line. People forget Mark Tune and Kevin Gogan and Nate and all them guys were on a four-win Cowboy team prior to you getting there. You solidified it by bringing in Stepnoski and also Emmett Smith. I mean, you galvanized that unit and turned that unit into what became one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. And you were there. You were you were you were a physically imposing team. I just think with Jerry running the team, it just looks too finesse. Arizona runs them over, coach. San Francisco runs through them. You didn't have games where you guys were like that. It just seems over the last 25 years, they're more finesse than when you were there. Is that fair? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I was talking to Dean Spanos. I had dinner with him here the other night, you know, the owner of the Chargers. And, you know, I said the game has changed so much. Uh, you know, when you look at that offensive line we had in Dallas, uh, a lot of it now – yeah, I'm going to make a statement here, and Howie Long and Michael Strahan argue about this every time I say it. Of all the positions on the team, I think the most, the one position where the coach is more important than the player is the offensive line. Uh, the offensive line coach is so important in professional football because they've got to have the continuity. Because you look at that line – the left tackle, Tune was an undrafted free agent that we moved from defense to offense. Uh, the left guard uh, was Nate Newton, was a, a undrafted uh, free agent out of the uh, USFL. Uh, the third rounder, Mark Shabnowski. The Then you got Kevin Golgan, who was a seventh rounder at right guard, and you got Eric Williams, who is a third rounder from Central uh, State of Ohio. Uh, at the right tackle. So you got a third round, two third rounders, you a second rounder, and a couple of undrafted free agents. So Tony was so important. Uh, and the other thing, too, what I was talking to Spanos about is the game has changed so much. You know, Dan, you remember we had the inside drill, the physical. We were in pads every single day. Three um, hours. So, yeah. And then Fridays, I would let you take your pants down you could wear your shorts but you still wore your shoulder pads and we worked on goal line yep and and they, they don't have those physical practices anymore and so i don't know that you can develop the young offensive line to get the continuity you don't have those physical scrimmages every single day to build that offensive line and so i think that really hurts every football team when you're not having physical practice and but now some teams could get away with it back in the year, you know, when uh, when Bill Walsh was at the 49ers, they didn't practice real physical and they got it done. But my personality, we had to have physical practices. couple last questions for you, Coach. So um, Dave wants that's on tomorrow. So Tony Weiss was the most important coach in, 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 on your coaching staff. I just want to be clear here. <laughs> yeah. He, he developed that offensive line. I don't know if that he was the most important coach, but he developed that offensive line. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Butch is listening right now. He's laughing. I could tell. <laughs> um, how do you see this game playing out Sunday, Coach? Um, Cowboys 
you know, yeah, yeah, those two wobbly yeah. losses. How do you how do you look at this game on Sunday between Philly and Dallas? Well, the Cowboys haven't played that well on the road, uh, but the way they looked, you know, this past weekend, uh, if they play that well, you know, they beat anybody. Um, and Philadelphia, uh, even though they're seven and one, they haven't played up to their potential either. They've been turning the ball over. Uh, so I think the biggest key in the game, because you got two very good teams, is going to be turnover, just like in every game. Uh, the other thing to, uh, too is not only the turnovers. Which receiver is going to have a big day? Is it going to be A.J. Brown or is it going to be C.D. Lamb? Uh, C.D. Lamb had a big day here this past weekend, but Brown's had big days for the last six weeks. Uh, so which receiver really has a hot day and which team protects the football? Final question for you, Coach. Is this a Dallas Cowboy career game for Dak Prescott? There, you know, there's decisions to be made at the end of the year with him. You're probably going to have to come to the table if you want them for $50 million. They've got Parsons and Lamb to sign uh, with future deals. Um, he, It's just, I mean, you can't keep getting bounced in the opening round, Coach, and think that that's going to get it done for you. How big a game, or maybe is it the season still yet to play out to determine that conversation? Well, Dak Prescott's probably the most scrutinized player in the entire league, you know, week in and week out. Uh, and you don't ever replace uh, a good player unless you've got somebody better. And uh, I think with the Cowboys, Dak Prescott will probably be with the Cowboys for a long time. Uh, and it's a matter of, you know, I think, you know, with McCarthy, you know, calling the plays with a, you know, sprinkling in the run, doing a little bit more as far as playing to the defensive side, uh, that'll protect Prescott. And so, you know, the way he played, he, he was extremely accurate last weekend. If he can play that way through the playoffs, then everybody's going to be happy. Coach, how's the fishing going? Got a fish yesterday, so it's going okay. I, I haven't fished as much this year for one reason or another, uh, but uh, I'll plan on getting some fishing after the football season. Man, Coach, I'll tell you what. I, of all, I, I remember you saying all this. Man, I'm going to get a place and just live. And there you are with your toes in the sand. Having a great time in life, man. You really, I mean, really, really fun stuff watching you, Coach. I love watching you on the NFL on Sunday, and thank you so much for being a huge part of my life. Thank you, Coach, for doing this. I really right, appreciate man. it. I'm heading up to Stillwater, Oklahoma this weekend and going to go to the Union, the Blue Bonnet Bowl team at Oklahoma State, and then I go out to L.A. for Fox NFL Sunday. Very good. Thank you, Coach. I appreciate it, my friend. All right, Dan. Talk to you later. You got it. The legendary Jimmy Johnson NFL Pro Football Hall of Famer and our friend, man. I enjoyed playing with him so much, man. He was such a major factor for us, and we appreciate it. All right. We're going to look at week nine of the National Football League, like I promised. Please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. and Hooters, the perfect pair.
If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. G-L-E-S Eagles Big sports Part of the success he had at Miami James, I want that bite (laughs) I, I, I want that bite I want that bite It's not every day, right, Maniac? You got a Hall of Fame coach going. You're a major part of what I did in Miami. See, Big Sillsby, you know, as my daughter says, has to look up on YouTube whether or not he was an athlete. It's true. I have to check sometimes on YouTube. Did I really do that? (laughs) My back is killing me too today. And when Jimmy brought up the three-hour inside drills, I'm like, oh, God. Oh, man. Yeah. Sills, a major part of that, maniac. Now I can't eat a Tic Tac without gaining 10 pounds. Oy vey. What do I do? You got... <laughs> I got Sills, we got you. <laughs> uh Hey, hey, Zeus goes, remember week one when you compared Jalen's stats to Purdy's? I can't do that because Jalen has way too many turnovers. Yeah, he has way too many turnovers to Purdy. Way too many turnovers. 11 and 8 games. So it's not fair to compare Jalen to Purdy. Yeah. Yeah, it's not, it's not fair. You know? You have he has way more turnovers. Comparing can't Purdy's Purdy right now is having a better season than Hertz. Yeah, but he's five and three and Jalen seven and one. Okay, you think eleven turnovers is good? 
you're you're crazy. Chills, don't worry, Purdy's catching up. Really? All right, let's see when they get Eric back and or Trent back and Debo. Wins do not matter. Yeah, that's right. So a quarterback, so like, like get this right. So according to Senor, he would take Trent Dilfer over Dan Marino because Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl and had a better record than Marino. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he would take Brad Johnson over Dan Marino because they had a better record and won a Super Bowl. That's a great question I used to ask people all the time. Would you rather have a Hall of Fame ring or a Super Bowl ring? What would you rather have? Look at Ryan. Compare the last three games. Typical Eagle fan. Slicing and dicing to fill a narrative. It's like telling me about Nick Sirianni's record, but everyone forgets the two and five, and he got his play-calling duties taken from him. Like a little kid. Go sit in a corner over there. You the man. I don't care. What? Hey, who says about him? <laughs> <coughs> Super Bowl what? Had a turnover, scoop, and score in that thing, too. Sills would rather have Brock Purdy over Hurts. That shows all you need to know. Yeah, because I can go get – I could get as far as the NFC title game with Brock Purdy and only spend $937,000. You got to one more game. That's it. He got hurt, and you got to one more weekend. But I did it making less than a million dollars. Yeah. I don't have to spend I don't have to spend 50 million dollars and I could go and make moves for Randy Gregory and all these other guys and I don't have to spend a king's ransom and I could fill positions and sign Nick Bowes and all these guys. You guys forget the money. Just be hey, when you sign guys to 700 million dollar contracts, that affects your football team. Now, again, the Eagles do it right by giving the bag of money up front. But at the end of the day, money has to – money – this is not college football where you've got 10 number ones behind you. The money has to play a factor. Fiscally and financially, Brock Purdy is a better – it's a better deal right now than Hurts. He makes – do you know that that guy could potentially win a Super Bowl making less than a million dollars? It'd be the – he got to the NFC title game. He beat the Cowboys in the playoffs. It, you, you People refuse to put the money into the equation. How he does. How he puts the money in. That's why he didn't want to surrender probably the equity to get that kid from Chicago. And by the way, does that have anything to do with Purdy being better than Hurts? No. If I can get just as far with a guy and not spend the money, why would I? Why would I? If, it, if I have a quarterback or a player that I can get the same, almost the same production out of and not have to pay $45 million more, 
Would you do it? Or not? Watch this. No. <laughs> okay. Try telling that to your owner. Try selling that to your owner. When you got to walk in there, like Belichick had to do when he gave all that money to Drew Bledsoe and had to tell Bob Kraft, you know that $100 million contract we signed? Well, guess what? In the end, can I tell you the reason that the 49er, or excuse me, you know the reason that the Patriot dynasty was built was because of the move they made with Brady and Bledsoe. Drew Bledsoe was a good quarterback. They gave him $117 million. They gave him a $20 million signing bonus. He gets hurt. Mo Lewis hits him. They put that sixth-round guy in, and he wins the playoff game, beats the uh, Steelers in the AFC title game. You know what Belichick does? He goes to Bob Kraft and says, I know you paid this guy a ton of money, but in the end, it's going to be beneficial for us building a roster. Not only did they build the quarterback up, but they built that roster around him for two decades and 10 Super Bowl appearances. I mean, so you tell me if that was worth it or not. Nobody knew Brady was going to turn out to beat Tom Brady. He was a sixth-round throwaway pick. But that was a decision he made because he went with the economics of building the roster. They did the same thing in Seattle. Okay, Sills, fans pretend to care about the business, but they don't. If a company can pay a younger player to do the same amount of work for less money, they will. Simple economics. Absolutely. When you get signed to the National Football League, okay, as soon as you get signed and you're a big money guy, they're automatically trying to replace you. They play money ball because the money it, it, I see some justification. It's not justification. It's how teams operate. If you can get a less, if you can get a player to give you the same amount of production, you'll either draft him or you'll pay the lesser player. Or if I could get two players to cover for the one player, $10 million lesser, I will. Do you know why Jalen Carter is an upgrade from? What watch watch this one, Tone? Do you know why Jalen Carter is an upgrade from Javon Hardgrave? You guys have no idea how the business of the NFL is run. Ninety nine percent of you have no idea. Okay, you have no idea. Tone, tell me what um, what Carter's going to make this year. You got a younger player who's as gifted with a higher ceiling, who plays the run, and why he's even more of a luxury is because he's on a rookie contract. They were going to get a DT no matter who it was. It just so happens they got the best player in the draft. And he fell to them. That's why Howie was not going to not take him. So you got a player that was considered the best player in the draft and the best DT in the draft, and you just moved off a guy who the 49ers paid $20 million to, and you got him. What 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 is what what's a rookie guy like that make? $3 million, $4 million? So you got Jalen Carter at a $16 million discount. You tell me if that's not money ball. 
That's an upgrade. And you're younger and you're cheaper. And you're better. It's an amazing thing to do when you're able to, and he does that in multiple places on the team. Dude, the biggest thing that Jalen Carter, hey, when Jalen Carter plays the way he plays like that, and he saves you $16 million, look at what they saved. Think about this one, Tone. Jalen Carter's making 3.9 this year, Hardgrave 21 million. <laughs> it's not so much that he's not playing great. He is. And by the way, Hardgrave's playing great. But I got $17 million or $12 million, whatever it is, of savings. Six, it's like $16 million savings. Fletcher took a $5 million pay cut, whatever it was. So you saved $25 million, basically, $21, $23 million on DTs this year. That's the economics of the sport. Yeah, whatever. I think Hargrave is playing well. Carter has an average salary of 5.4. Hardgrave has an average salary of 21 million. Wow. I could save 16 million bucks on one player. So you tell me Brock Purdy next year has another year at 980. Jalen Hurts will be 50 million dollars. 50 million. Now they did it right with the cap. But if I can get to a Super Bowl with a quarterback that's making $41 million less than Jalen Hurts and my guys in the NFC title game, I'm so good with that. Eagles paying Carter five times less for the same production, if not more. That's not justification, guy. That's reality. The money plays a major part of this. I want to look at week nine before we get out of here. Um, I don't know what Tennessee's doing. Tennessee and Pittsburgh on Thursday. I, I think Pickett's playing. How about this game? How about this one here? Miami, Kansas City, Sunday. At Kansas City at Arrowhead. Wow. Here's Miami's moment. You know, you could maybe start to see the walking backwards of Kansas City's little run here. If they get beat, but this is a statement game for Miami. If Miami gets blown out again, they are not Super Bowl contenders. If they get killed by this Kansas City team, and there's no reason they should be. It's in Germany. That's right. It's in Germany. I think it's Frankfurt. So it's in, it's in Frankfurt, I think, right? Kansas City can't drop that game. Okay. Minnesota, Atlanta, I don't care. Arizona, Cleveland. Surely um, Mrs. Watson is playing, right? Hey, is Mrs. Watson playing? 
for the Browns this weekend? I sure hope she can. Because I'm dying to see the kid play. I hope he can get out there. I, I, I really do. I hope Mrs. Watson gets out there and plays. The Rams play the Packers. I don't care. By the way, Jordan Love starting to walk backwards. And um, you didn't really think you were going to go from Favre to Rodgers to another legend, did you? Washington at New England. They can get back to 500, right? Chicago at New Orleans. I don't care. Seattle at Baltimore. Um, that is an interesting ball game. That's going to tell us a lot about both these teams. Seattle at Baltimore. Tampa Bay at Houston. I don't care. India at Carolina. I don't care. The Giants at the Raiders. I don't care. Buffalo at Cincinnati. I care. Who are you liking that one? It's in Cincinnati. In tune, of, in, in tune of, sorry, Mrs. Jackson. I'm sorry. <laughs> Cue ball, funny. Buffalo, Cincinnati. Oh, yeah. Look at, look at all you guys because you know I'm a Josh Allen guy. Allen's going to torch Joe Burrow. Torch Joe Burrow. I'm taking Josh Allen, my favorite quarterback in the NFL. Got the bills, baby. And Chargers and Jack. How, hey. Uh-huh, Tone. Look at Tone, man. Dude, this guy refuses to have anybody talk shit on Jalen Hurts. I mean, this guy's like a watchdog. You know, you have that little watchdog that sits out front of your house. He's like this. What are you saying about Hertz? I'm going to chew your ass out. What would you say about my guy? <laughs> oh, man. Dave Wanstat will join us tomorrow. I appreciate everybody coming aboard. Please hit the like button. Xander, Big Joe, we thank you guys so much for all you do. <laughs> Tone, man, I tell you what, Jalen Hurts, man, don't ever have to worry about going anywhere in Philadelphia because Tone's got your back and he's got his boys watching out for you too. Hey, Hurts is going down to Wawa. Make sure you know we got everybody circling the perimeter here. We're gonna got it. Get all the Italian guys. Get all the guineas you can. All, all silly those boys too. You know we're ready to roll. Yeah, this guy's this guy's running his family from Texas. <laughs> Tone, great stuff, man. I love your segment, man. Each and every single day, 3.30, you can catch Tone with me Monday through Friday. Absolutely great stuff. We will see you tomorrow, 2 to 6, and we will also see you on the flip side.
Ball and Hooters, the perfect pair. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.